this is Don Bluth, and you're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 57, Best of 2013 Show, with Rotoscopers Awards. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. We are your hosts. My name is Chelsea Robson, along with my faithful companion, Morgan Stradling. Well, thank you. You make me sound like a little puppy. Let's <laughs> go, <Cool>, Morgan. <laughs> Welcome to the best of 2013. Woohoo! This is exciting. One more year down. Many more to go. Many, many more to go. So this show is a show that we do every year. Well, I mean, we've done it two years so <laughs> far. And basically, it is a best of show of the best moments, the best lines, the best quotes, the best discussions that we had on the Animation Addicts podcast in 2013. Basically, it's just a fun time to kick back and look back at what we've what we've done, what we've covered, what we've talked about, and just enjoy it all in one episode. So if you didn't listen to any of the episodes all year, you just listen to this one, you'd be fine. Not really, well, but... <laughs> not really. It would tell you which ones to really go back and make sure you don't miss. True, true. <laughs> this year we covered great movies like A Goofy Movie, Little Mermaid, Mulan, The Adventures of Tintin, Toy Story 2, we did Planes, we did Howl's Moving Castle, Tinkerbell, How to Train Your Dragon, Rise of the Guardians... Robin Hood, Monsters University, Pokemon, The Thief and the Cobbler, more interviews. We did Meet the Robinsons, Tiny Toons, The Incredible Snow White Corpse Bride, Charlie Brown Halloween slash Christmas Special, Mary Poppins, Frozen, and Rudolph. So there's quite a range in there. We cover big studios. Well, they're all basically big studios. We do animated feature films, so you have to be pretty big to get to that point. But some are very popular films and some not so popular films. <laughs> but today we're going to be covering as well the first annual Rotoscopers Awards. <laughs> So the Rotoscopers Awards, for those of you who don't know, this was a poll that we did on the website for the entire month of December. We ended it on December 30th because that's the day that we're recording this episode. And so it basically it's an awards that we are giving to the best animated films and people of 2013. And it's all you, the listeners and readers of rotoscopers.com. You guys get to decide. It's not like I am the person who just picked all of these winners. It's a collective thing. So, let's get right into it, all right? There were 15 questions, and we had a total of 673 responses, so not too shabby. So, let's jump right into the first one. All right, so let's start with the best animated short of 2013. Chelsea, who do you think won with 60% of the votes? Um, let's see, with 60% of the votes, I'm going to say is get a horse. You're right. Ding, ding, ding. Get a horse. Woohoo! So congratulations to get a horse. Second place with 23% of the votes was the blue umbrella. So it wasn't really the best year for Pixar. In, in even the big, you know, the real award shows, the Golden Globes, the Oscars, the blue umbrella seems to be getting shafted a little bit. It didn't even get nominated for any of those, which was pretty sad. But get a horse is definitely a contender. So in 2014, we'll find out to see if it really wins. But congratulations to get a horse and the whole team. 
60% of us thought you were awesome. Okay, next category, Best Animated TV Show slash TV Special. This winner has 46% of the votes, and it's Toy Story of Terror. Yay! Not too unexpected right there. Second place was Legend of Korra Book 2 with 16% of the votes, and with in third place with... 15% 15% of the votes was Disney's Gravity Falls. So, congratulations, Toy Story. You will find out, Chelsea, as I'm reading these, our fans love Disney and Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Just prepping you for what's to come. <laughs> so, our next category, Best Voice Acting in an Animated Feature. The winner, with 46% of the votes, goes to Kristen Bell as Anna. Congratulations, Kristen. Category 5, Best Animated Sidekick of 2013. Who do you think that is? Um, I'm going to say Olaf. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. It's Olaf, 67%. <laughs> now, third place was the, or second place was the Minions with 15%, and Art from Monsters University actually came in third place with 10%. Personally, when I voted for these, because I'm like, hey, I'm a reader and a listener, I get a vote too, I voted Belt from the Croods because I thought he was hilarious. He was so funny. Um, but unfortunately, he only got 5% of the votes. Category 6, Breakout Character of 2013, with 80% of the votes. This person has captivated our hearts and wallets. (laughs) I'm going to go with Elsa. Elsa from Frozen. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Ding, ding, ding. We're not biased at all. No, not at all. I mean, we are the site that had Frozember of all things. Okay, so obviously our fans like Frozen, they're fans of Frozen, and they vote for Frozen. So, just saying. You know what to expect for the next one. Number seven, best villain. So, I didn't include the villains' names because some of these movies, they had secret villains or villains that you discovered throughout. So I just said Frozen's villains, Epic villain, Turbo's villain, Despicable Me 2's villain, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball 2 villain. Perfect. Who do you think? I'm going to go with Frozen's. Frozen's villain, (laughs) 78%, took the cake. So if you haven't seen Frozen yet, shame on you unless it hasn't come out in your country yet. It's so good. You have to go see it. Yes. And I love Frozen's villain. All right. And category eight, best song. This is another uh, sweeping the awards ceremony. I'm not even going to try to tease it. With 78% of the votes, Let It Go, performed by Idina Menzel. Category nine, best score. Where do you think this is going? Um, Well, let me tell you what I would say was best score. Okay. Um, I think... Of all the ones that came out this year, I really liked, who was it? Well, yeah, Frozen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I really liked Monster University. I thought that that score was really cool. It was very collegiate and had a very unique feel to it because it was set in a college-university environment. And I just thought it was very uh, memorable. Uh, Chelsea will disagree. If you listen to our uh, Monsters (laughs) University, she thinks it's a very bland score. But I think that's the case for this this score that got number one, 81% of the votes, Frozen. I personally think that Frozen's score was a bit generic for me, but that's just me. Everyone else disagrees. 81% of you say, yes, Frozen, best score, hands down. So congratulations, Frozen. Christoph Beck. 
Bravo. Bravo. Okay, so number 10, best quote or line in an animated film of 2013. What do you think the winner was? And this was not always the winner. For I looked uh, two weeks in, and there was another quote that won. But this quote came back and stole the show. What were some of the options? So the six that I had was Professor Bomba from Epic. He says, just because you haven't seen something doesn't mean it's not there. Uh, Mike from Monsters University says, I found a nickel. Sure wish I had pockets. Gru from Despicable Me 2 says, <laughs> we need to revisit the number of vacation days you guys get. Olaf from Frozen says, it's so cute. It's like a little baby unicorn. And the last one, six, was a, a bunch of other people could type in what they wanted. But number five was Anna saying, this is awkward. Not that you're awkward, just that I'm awkward. You're gorgeous. Wait, what? So what do you think was the winner? Oh, my. I would say of those listed, I would have gone with the... Well, honestly, if my write-in, can I do my write-in? That's not the winner. <laughs> <laughs> well, my write-in would definitely be Olaf saying, look, I've been impaled. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that one. Or no, nice. there was another really funny one. She's like, I, how was I supposed to know the reason why she always wore gloves? I just thought she had a thing with dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Those were my favorites. Um, but I'm going to go with Anna. That would be my guess. Your guess is wrong. Oh, it's Olaf, baby unicorn. The Anna quote was up there with 31% of the votes, but Olaf unicorn stole the show with 35%. Stole the show. Some other funny ones that people mentioned in the, uh, the write-in section was, the sky's awake, so I'm awake, which is baby Anna from Frozen. Oh, that's and, cute. She's uh, such a cutie. The Croods, dun, dun, dun. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, some people are worth melting for. Olaf from Frozen. Art from Monsters University. I have an extra toe. Not with me, of course. <laughs> thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, some other ones. The he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Olaf. That one's good. And another one from Art. I can't go back to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I loved art. He was great. He was tied for third breakout character. So, nice. um, or sidekick, excuse me. All right, number 11, best marketing campaign. Hmm. I would say Monsters University. Ding, ding, ding. Monsters University with 43% of the votes. And I'm really glad Monsters University won for this because Monsters University had a really clever ad campaign. They had this fake university website and it got hacked by a rival school. And then they sent out, you know, fake uh, alumni newsletters to real people. Like I got one of those, which was really cool. And and Frozen, uh, we've talked a lot about Frozen's marketing. I mean, it, it took a different twist where they focus more on the ancillary sidekick goofy characters instead of the plot uh, initially. And then they kind of shifted that after the fact. Um, I didn't see it very revolutionary. I didn't like the, the Olaf heaviness of it. So Neither did our, our readers and listeners. 43% said Monsters University was better. And I liked, I really, really liked the way everything Monsters University did. All right, number 12, best animated movie trailer. I think this is no question with 60% of the votes. Frozen for the first time in forever trailer, also known by fans as the Elsa trailer. Yes, that one was so good. All right, so Best Animation Addicts Podcast episode. Ooh, this is exciting. 
Yes. So with 48% of the votes, what do you think it is? Well, I'm just going to go with Frozen here. Frozen! You're right! (laughs) I don't necessarily know if that was our best episode. I I really liked Robin Hood. I thought that was a funny, funny episode. So um, Robin Hood was third place with 12%, and The Incredibles um, got 14% second place. And that was our episode where we had Pablo Ruiz, one of our writers, on, and that was... Really one of the best episodes. Really good discussion. So definitely worthy of second place. I think just Frozen because the fact that it had the word Frozen in it. <laughs> people pick. Yeah, that's what happens here with Frozenber. <laughs> <laughs> so category 14, best opinion piece on rotoscopers.com. Now I'm looking at the results and the winner was not the winner a few weeks ago. So what were what were some of the different options? So some of the articles, and I'll include, these, I'll include these in the show notes, are Five Reasons Why I'm Not Excited for Frozen, which was written by Myra. Very controversial, but <laughs> awesome article because she stated exactly how she felt. Um, and many people um, felt about Frozen before it came out. Next one by Steven. He says, let's brainstorm the incredible sequel. One by me, 35 Signs, You're a Snarky Disney Fan was a gift post uh rise of the guardians how it could have been better by pablo ruiz Um, another one by pablo why animated movies are so good number six is by gary wright it says frozen in time disney's adaptation of a literary classic and the seventh one is a guest post by william jardine of a113animation.com why animation is wrongly disregarded as children's entertainment if we're just going to go by comments Myra's one hands down. <laughs> yes. That was probably our most commented article of all time. I think it's sitting in around 110 plus comments. Um, yeah. All, all kind of uh, upset, but <laughs> then there's a lot of people defending her, so it's good. It's very controversial, so you should go read it if you haven't. But the winner was actually Gary Wright, Frozen in Time, Disney's adaptation of a literary classic. Nice. Yes. Congratulations, Gary. Yay, Gary. I'm so excited. Um, Mine, 35 Signs You're a Snarky Disney Fan, was winning for a while, and it was, like, number one. And I'm not saying this like I'm mad, because I'm like... I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if you like my article or not. But I'm really, really excited that people like Gary's article because that article talks about the history of Disney animation and the history of making the Snow Queen into an animated film. It's been a decades-long process, even going back to Walt Disney. So he chronicles that whole thing very nicely, helps you understand the different phases of development it went through, and it's a really good article. So definitely go check it out because it is our best article of 2013. Yay, Gary! All right, second to last question. The most anticipated movie of 2014. What do you think people are most looking forward to? 35% inching out the second place by 29% or at 29%. My my guess is probably as I go to our handy-dandy animation calendar on the website, it's the best thing ever. rotoscopers.com slash calendar. What, what? Um, my guess is going to be a Toss up between How to Train Your Dragon 2 or Big Hero 6. Correct. Now, which one do you think won? I'm going to go with Big Hero 6 because we tend to side more on the Disney side, apparently. Though I believe that DreamWorks needs its day in the sun. So we're going to be focusing a lot on DreamWorks, or at least I am. Well, you are (laughs) wrong, Chelsea, about those things. Yes, it is true. DreamWorks does need its time in the sun. 
And it will get it because 35% of the people said that is their number one most anticipated movie of 2014, followed by Big Hero 6 at number two. All righty then. Yeah. You know what we're promoting this year? Yeah. We're taking (laughs) hints, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last question. This is the big finale, the big hurrah, and I think this is going to be no surprise to anyone. Chelsea, what do you think our readers thought was the best animated film of 2013? Epic! Maybe not. (laughs) Frozen! You are correct, madame. 82% of the people thought Frozen was the best animated film. Um, Epic... Uh, only 1% thought that was the best. So, of course, 82% of our readers, listeners, voted Frozen as their best film of animated, best animated film of 2013. Uh, Epic, on the other hand, only has 1% of the vote. Dang it! Nice try, Chelsea. Nice try. I mean, come on. My Little Pony Equestria Girls got more than Epic. 2%. 2%. <laughs> Oh, sad. <laughs> yeah, Frozen hands down swept it. I mean, the only closest thing at 5% of the total votes was Monsters University. <laughs> okay. So I think there's no question that people think that Frozen hands down is the best, and I'd have to agree. I'm going to agree with that. Faux show. All right, folks, this is the time that we've been waiting for. Now we are heading on into the best of 2013. Buckle up because we are off to the races. I'm going to be throwing clips in here from all of our favorite episodes, random moments you never heard, uh, as well as voicemails, emails, and just a whole lot of fun. So this episode is dedicated to you guys, the fans. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Thanks for such a great year, guys. All right, uh, Chelsea, start. All right. You're listening to the Rotoscopers podcast. All right, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay, let's get this party started. Mason, you do the intro and make it all clever and funny and Mason-esque. What are you trying to say? My, okay, my hold on. Intro. Um, <laughs> I see how it is. <laughs> no, he just hasn't done. He just hasn't done one in a while. <laughs> Listening to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 39, Rise of the Guardians. The Guardians of Liberty. You're listening to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 38, How to Train Your Dragonite. Yeah, I mean, dragon. Monsters, it's time to break it down for the episode 41 of the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. My name is Brock Pearson, a tribute to Brock Pearson, and we're here with the Animation Addicts. We got Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Tom Bluth, and everything in between. <laughs> I'd like to introduce my favorite host of all time. He's like the coolest person ever, Mason Smith. Oh, thank you, Brock Pearson. You're so great. Yeah, you're the greatest, Mason. And uh, we got two other people, I don't, I don't really know what their names are, uh, Chelsea Robson. Hi. Dead Morgan Stradling. Hey, Brock. How's it going? Okay, the first challenge is I'm going to throw these poison sea urchins at you that glow, and, and you have to dodge them. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Brock, stop, stop. Brock, come on. Who invited it's scare, him? Like, it's not really? the scare game. It's not the scare game. It's just it's, it's the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just go over here. Then. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Boy, that guy's a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you deal with the Greek council. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Or the librarian on, on campus. Oh, oh, she's crazy. Awesome. She is nuts. She will totally throw you out of the building. <laughs> Whoa. 
images creep in doorless chambers, and Disney quotes echo through the halls. That is the time when the rotoscopers are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome, welcome, foolish mortals, to the Animation Addicts podcast with the rotoscopers. Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. Come into the dead center of the room, please. For I am your ghost host, Mason Smith. new to the show our podcast covers everything in the animation world news reviews and movies so each episode we go over the animation news in the week we also review a movie from the animation library past or present and we have a great grand old time doing it <laughs> yay <laughs> yay we love it <laughs> awesome oh how was your week everyone Great. Very great. Yeah, yeah. mine was good too. Uh I was when I got awesome. when I got the Oh hey Morgan. <laughs> hey, sorry. <laughs> I don't mute. I was eating as usual. No problems. All right. To the open road. Oh no one no one got my joke. To the, to the open, open road. road. <laughs> I was eating. <laughs> oh, sorry. Of course. Um yeah, so he'll be gone for nine months. Hmm. Sounds like what you enjoyed, whatever you were eating. <laughs> Crunch. Mm. <laughs> what? I made my own panini. Oh, enjoy away. <laughs> you know, he kind of had Michael Jackson in him, but he's more like Prince to me. But like, I don't know. So how did he blow it? Like... Everybody loved him. You know, at the end, he's like, oh, I totally blew my chance. Chance to do what? Like, you accomplished what you wanted. You, well, yeah, you, and- you, you threw Principal Mazer down a trap door, and we don't know how to do that. <laughs> and, uh, um, y- you know, he got rid of the principal, and he does this amazing show as, as, um, as power uh, line. Just because just he got caught, like... I don't know if one, if I was Prince Mazer, I would be like, okay, this kid needs to be like, this kid needs to be on YouTube or something. Like we have like our Justin Bieber of the goof yeah. generation, but like Prince Mazer takes so much offense to it and it's like such an embarrassing situation. Oh yeah. I thought it was awesome. Like, can you imagine like last day of school assembly and that happens? Like, I mean, we can't really, Prince isn't very uh, relatable nowadays, but you know, imagine, you know, someone pretending to be Justin Bieber or, I mean, that's even a a very lame uh, thing, like (laughs) Timberlake or something, you know, and, and impersonating him like that would be bomb. But uh, yeah. You know, and everyone loves it. That's the thing. Like, you know, afterwards he's walking out and everyone's like, Max, 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 Max. I know. Everybody loves him. Good for him. Yeah. That, that, I, I thought that first part was cool. You know, he sings a song about, you know, you know, after today, you know, he's, you know, you know, but some of those school kids, it's like, well, this is the nineties. So they really like, you know, this is really when, you know, they like girls in cartoons, like started showing their midriff, started <laughs> running around in tiny shorts. Exhibit A is the very modestly dressed, uh, but hot 
chick. <laughs> the hot chick. <laughs> she comes up and she's so impressed with Max's hey, Max, with Max Wicked Dance. <laughs> and then and she gets shooed away by the nerdy girl. <laughs> Forget it, girl. He's Roxanne's. <laughs> but is he Roxanne's? But is uh, he at that point? I was so have- frustrated. I was like, Max, you blew it. She's so much harder than Roxanne. Oh. I guess that's not the point of the movie. I was like, Max, come on, man. I love I love how um iTunes will just um change its its interface. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I'm telling you and with each change it gets even more confusing to use. Yeah. Like this new this new way. But isn't that the always the way with anything? I, I hate iTunes. the way. I just want out of the way. The best friend guy who ends up dating the one girl, you know, that guy. Yeah. I did not watch that show. Oh, well. There are no two greater words in the vacationing language. Well, one of them is Disney World. The other is (laughs) all-inclusive. So freaking sweet. And Max is played by James Marsden, and we've talked about him before because he was on Spirit of the Way. Is it James Marsden or Jason Marsden? James. I think it's Jason. Jason. James is uh, the hottie in uh, Enchanted. Oh, I like him. A date. Now gather around my possum pals and join the jamboree. Come hoot and holler, holler from the heart. Every chicken, pig, and goat will help in giving out a yodel here at Glaster's Possum Park. Yellow. And then it goes like there's somebody in the background. It's like skin that cat, Beulah, and it ships up and it goes on. And then the next verse, <laughs> the next verse is um, visit Beulah's farm of fiddles, pet our varmints, taste our fiddles, Lulu's lizards, games, and pies, a work of art. Then do a do si do and dance. And like there's a possum in your pants down at Lester's Possum Park. <laughs> Well, don't you want to be, uh-huh, hang from a tree, uh-huh, we're mighty glad to see you, and the parking's always free, here at Lester's pa 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 some park hey! <laughs> that was awesome, that was Very good, <laughs> very good, very good. Oh, I listen to that song all the time. Not all the time now, but like when I first bought this CD. They got beat out by the Care Bears movie. Oh, that's right. That's right. Was that the Black Cauldron? Yes. It's this like $40 million movie beat out by the Care Bears. Like, that's beautiful. Oh. It's no very one- harsh. Oh man, I loved this movie. Uh, you know, VHS Life started at Little Mermaid. Yeah, this movie was just kind of always a classic. It was one that girls like. Uh, like Ariel really brought sexy back for the redheads. I mean, she gave. <laughs> they loved Ariel. Ariel was their favorite character, and like this is any Disney princess. I sort of see this this similar thread that the Disney princess you like the most or you relate to the most is the one that has the same hair color as you. It's true. So, um, you know, the redheads finally had their leading lady. So yeah, you know, she's really cool. I really liked her design. I mean, she was a mermaid and we love mermaids. So this was just, it just brought kind of like the fantasy elements along with the love elements and the music. It was, you know, kind of a good trifecta there. Yeah. So any girl knows Thanks to this movie, anytime you were in a pool, it was the Little Mermaid effect. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> Go down 
bend and you would let your hair float up like Ariel and then you had to finish it off by coming to the surface and doing the little mermaid hair flip the whooshish talking about if they're a girl yeah 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 (laughs) and uh yeah and then you'd always try to just yeah do the little mermaid it was awesome (laughs) (laughs) do the little mermaid i guess i can't relate but thanks for that input (laughs) i didn't know that oh no yeah i didn't know there was a an aerial effect or a little mermaid effect of course girl cult you didn't grow up in the 80s unless you culture i have no clue yeah and so she signs a contract. I thought that was cool to see Ariel's signature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ariel. What I don't understand about that contract is, like, how is that contract legal? Like, she comes back and is like, no, the contract is legal and is binding and unbreakable for even you. And I'm like, how is it legal? She's underage. Yeah, yeah, he's the king of the – she's underage and he's the king of the ocean. What does well, that say? apparently the, the sea constitution is pretty strong. I guess. But, uh, you know, if only. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, she's 16 years old, so she doesn't need a legal contract. Doesn't, doesn't she have to have a, a guardian sign it? I don't know. What Sebastian is... could have signed it for her. Well, but then again, we're at the time period again. So also, also, what I don't get is why does why does she tell Ursula that she doesn't have anything to pay her with? She's the princess of the ocean, you know. Well, she really doesn't yeah. have a, any place to hide her seashell in her seashell. So well, it was like Jasmine <laughs> had no need for money, right? Ariel, it's like what, man, money. What's that? Everything that I need to eat is all around me. <laughs> oh gosh, I know she, she like get gross fangs like the the mer, merfolk on Harry Potter. Oh, gross. Contrived. But, you know, they they come up with something as to why they no longer can talk about people anymore. Well, there's a there's a sea witch after her. Yeah. Uh, named, Ursula's named Mor- sister. Morgana. Ooh. Morgana! Mor- Mor- Morgana being the most evil name anyone can think of. You know? <laughs> it was actually voiced by the same person who did Ursula. Is it really? Awesome. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of the original voices in, in Return to the Sea. Yeah. It's the same Ariel, same Sebastian, same Scuttle... Carlotta, even Luis the chef. He's in it. Why did they bring him back? <laughs> hey, if it works. Hey, I, he has the best song through the whole thing. I, I mean, all these other songs are great, but you cannot be just a shameless. God, gotta love the shameless mockery of the French. <laughs> exactly. It always works. Les poissons, les poissons. I love les poissons. Love to chop and to serve them with fish. <laughs> Oh, my favorite is this le poisson, le poisson, he he he, ha ha ha. Leave them in two. Yeah, it's just like you can't get better than that. It's amazing. <laughs> I missed one. <laughs> I just like when uh, Sebastian makes a noise and he notices and he's like, eh? <laughs> he's like, eh? <laughs> that is this. So kiss the girl. Where is? How does that rank? I, I like kiss the girl. I think it's cool. Did like, you... it's got that Sebastian personality in it. Like, they obviously, like... They almost cut this song out of the same, out of the movie, too. Do you know that? No. Okay, yeah. who were their test audience? Five-year-old boys? I don't know. But they almost, they almost cut this one out, and I got that one from Disney War. They were talking about all the different things that was happening during this movie, and that was one of the other ones that they almost cut out. Huh. Where can I read Disney War? You can... <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> well, if you'd like, you know, if only there were like text files that you could download from the internet, and that could be your books. You could, you know, you could do that, or you could just go to Audible.com and you can listen to the whole Disney War. <laughs> oh, you can? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so convenient! Right here on my Kindle. <laughs> 
Hey, I I listen to it on my phone. It's great. This is this is turning into that part of Wayne's <laughs> World, the movie where they're like not they're talking about products. <laughs> It's totally true. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> Apparently, we can be bought. <laughs> I think this is the name of our episode. Product placement book galore. <laughs> now with more product placement. <laughs> Hello, Rotoscopers. This is Jessica Worski. Uh, I'm a writer over at the Animation Fascination blog, and I'm also an animation student. And I wanted to say thank you for what you do because you've helped me rekindle that that childlike spark of cartoons and animation, the reason why I want to do what I do. You remind me how cool it is to just sit around and talk about cartoons, what we always did growing up and uh, what I still would like to do every day. And I love your show. I really do. I started listening to Mugglecast because of you, too. And, uh, man, I, I think it would be really cool to have Andrew on your show sometime. I love that guy. He's, he's great. And my request would be a Lion King show, duh, come on. I know you're spreading out the Disney Renaissance, I got you. But anyways, it'd be it's gonna be a good one when you do it. And I love you guys, you have a wonderful day and uh keep up the good work. Mulan, Disney's Mulan, which is one of my favorite films of all time as far as Disney goes. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> okay. So I came across this because as I was researching Mulan, I came across Mulan's new 2013 redesign. Apparently, Disney, they have redone the princesses as they feel the need to do. The princesses weren't good, you know, the way they were. And, of course, they needed makeovers in a very princessy fashion. So they redesigned them, and there's been sort of a bit of a hullabaloo about them, specific princesses, um, especially with Mulan. I love her. I love Mulan's uh, synopsis. When her country needs it most, she disguises herself as a man and goes off to fight. It's like, this is an regular thing for her. <laughs> my country needs me. This is, this is Mulan. Get on my mail here. This is Mulan. When, when China's in danger, she cross-dresses. <laughs> oh, great granddaughter was a cross-dresser. <laughs> That's weird. It's like this weird... It's this weird thing. <laughs> They're, like, alluding to her job as a Disney princess. <laughs> um, she really gets brought down because she tries and then she fails. Like, she's the worst of all the guys. And then she, you know, her, her intelligence comes true and she gets a lot smarter. She gets a lot stronger and then she's able to figure out the trick of the, the two. What is it? This one represents determination. <laughs> Discipline. And, Discipline. I like one... Yao's face when he's doing this. <laughs> So she figures that out. It's just it's just such an awesome song. I love the lyrics because everyone's sort of involved. I'm never going to catch my breath. Say goodbye to those who knew me. Why was, Why I, was I a fool in school for, for cutting, Jim? These guys got me scared to death. Hope he doesn't see it right through me. <laughs> now I really wish that I knew how to swim. <laughs> you must be quick. <laughs> Dude, I love it. There's, there's like cool lines. It's like um, tranquil as a forest, a burning fire within. <laughs> you know, you notice that I mean, almost every one of these Disney movies, they've got like a song where it's like the progression of the character from who they were to who they need to be. So, for example, in this one, you've got Make a Man Out of You. Uh, Tarzan was Son of Man. Yeah, uh, this is very Tarzan-esque because, uh, you know, Mulan starts off as this kind of wimp who's kind of an outcast and then she becomes a man. Yeah. She's like more a man than all the other guys. Yeah. And then also the Lion King where it's Akuna Matata. They've got yeah. that part where he grows up. And so it's like, there's a lot of these songs. It's kind of like, all right, 
or in Hercules, it's the oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, in uh, in uh, Snow White, it's it's whistle while you work. The trans <laughs> the transformation of a house from filthy to clean, so epic. Yeah. Well, okay, what would the title be like if Sean Yu had his own villain song? Okay, for some reason, like thinking of that, it just I for some reason my mind just really wants it to be some type of a burlesque number. Oh, <laughs> like, oh. like, can you just imagine? Like, because a lot of times these songs, like they show the other side of them. For example, who am I thinking of? But Sean, uh, you doesn't have a, have another side. He's all killer, no no filler, man. Yeah, I know. that's what makes him so threatening. <laughs> that's what would make it so great. <laughs> like he just come out and like like jazz fingers. No, like, hey. no, I no. No, no, no. With that Sean, like you, in, I, I, yeah, that is I like can hold of the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean, you yodeling. Yeah. <laughs> That's, so, that's, 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 that's pushing the westernization of this film too far. <laughs> this is where the martial arts really takes place, you know. Shun Yu, he's like all brawn, you know. Headbutts Shang in the head with his head. And um, I, I was expecting Jafar to come in and be like, someone's using their head. <laughs> <laughs> the pun master. Oh, yes, the pun master. <laughs> Opposed to the page master. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I remember that we movie. We gotta do that one. Oh. <laughs> You got some cool lines, you know, Shun Yu's like trying to intimidate the emperor. Bow to me. He's like, no matter how the wind howls, the mountain cannot bow. Oh, what a cool guy. He's like, then you will kneel in pieces. You know. If you will not bow before a sultan, you will cower before a sorcerer. <laughs> Again. You know, across continents, Jafar's like looking in his crystal ball. He's like, man, I have so many good lines for this. Shun Yu, what are you doing? <laughs> I did this before. <laughs> Shun you no 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 more puns. They want more puns. Make Mulan your slave girl. Come on. Put her in the hot red outfit. Put her in the hot red Apple. outfit. Flick the piece off her cheek. <laughs> My lovely Chinese blossom. That would go perfect. <laughs> <would be> perfect. <laughs> Dude. Oh I bet, you know, in the villain underworld, you know, down with Hades, Jafar probably, like, took took Shun Yu aside by the shoulder, let him off, and was like, Shun Yu, you did great. Just a few more pointers for the next time you're resurrected for Kingdom Hearts. Maybe a little more feminism, you know? It's okay. It's okay. Notice all the cross-dressing going on. Take Ursula here. You don't know what she is. Anyway, um, oh, she had short hair. See? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fine. Seriously, I don't know why this Disney concubine thing didn't take off in the parks. <laughs> oh, that's Shin Po. Concubine Shin Po. That's my favorite Shin Po. <laughs> uh, I think that the title of this episode should be The Power of Cross-Dressing. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff already. Some major effects going on here for this big celebration, you know, the dragon and the huge crowds of people, um, again, using the Attila program to uh, make all those characters. And uh, there's also a hidden Mickey in there, apparently, Ooh. if you look if you look in the crowd. Yeah, check it out. So also there's a hidden Mickey on Khan's polka dots or whatever. He has like a few spots on his body. Mm-hmm. There's a hidden Mickey there. Oh, yeah. And apparently there's hidden Mickeys on the stairs of the Imperial Palace. Well, just, like, and appara- well- apparently there's a hidden Mickey on Mulan's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> apparently Mushu is, turns into Mickey for one frame. Ah, oh, like Aladdin. Um. <laughs> Our title. It could either be Chinese yodeling or apparently there's a hidden Mickey. <laughs> okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, hold on.
Something just happened with my thing. I don't know. Did y'all get headsets? Yes. Cool. Now you're like, now you're like superstars. You know how superstars, you know, they they get up on the stage and they have the headset mic. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're like, uh, yeah, you're like when we did Suzical when the cat in the hat. They had she had like a headset and it was really cool and official looking. What? <laughs> when did we do Suzical? You know, like when no when we. You know, that one time we did Suzical, you and me. And it was great. Like, uh, 1984, come on. Uh, no, you sound great. Okay. Very clear. Very clear? Yeah. That's good, because last time was horrible. Yeah, it was. I didn't want to say anything, though. No, I I know it was horrible. Like, next time, if it, like, if it ever sounds like that, and you can hear that it sounds horrible, please tell me, because that's... We'll just kick you off. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was glad I didn't really talk all that much last time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's better. Yeah, good thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh... Yeah. We're having way too much fun in here. What? I don't know. Why are you going to do this? I don't know. We're in the middle of it, so. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Sorry. Bye, Mommy. Chelsea's mom walked in. Oh, Chelsea's mom. It's not a podcast. Uh, I'm mom recording my pod. It reminds me of um, the the frat that they go to on Monsters University. <laughs> it's like the Simpsons. Like Lisa, your mom is so cool. If this were me, my mom would be walking in with Rice Krispie squares and Tang, and in the background, <laughs> Marge, Marge is walking in with that. That does a U turn. <laughs> even... And then we're introduced to Hal, voiced by. <laughs> I, I heard it, and I was like. That's Christian Bale. Yeah. <laughs> you like, gotta be kidding me. He's, he's like, hey, Sophie, just walk with me. But it was a sexy voice. Yeah. I, I, it, looking at the character, I would not think something like that, but I totally dig yeah. the voice on Cal. Yeah. It, it, it made a good wrap up for the film, you know, where at the end he's like, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a <laughs> film. So let's talk about Hal. First, I like how Sophie gets in trouble with the soldiers. And he's like, uh, your mustache scares all the girls away. I was like, finally, someone makes that makes that comment. <laughs> I don't I don't know what kind of facial hair Jared has, but I will never. I, I just don't want. I just don't get it. Like, girls, why do you like guys with mustaches? I don't. You know? We don't. They, it's like, do you? I just want to go to a guy with a mustache and be like, do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy having like a Wookiee on your upper lip? <laughs> You know, just a little Wookiee. Just a little Wookiee resting you, on your upper lip. Do you lip. talk to it at night? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, uh, I, like, will, I, I shouldn't ridicule mustaches that much because my dad has one. Yeah, but your dad's but, uh, a man. Yeah, I don't get the rising generation's obsession with mustaches. It definitely has something to do with the hipster movement. Yeah. You know? Um, and everyone's desire to be a 1920s oil baron. I know. It's like, okay. I, I'm going to be the next Rockefeller. Yeah, what's next? Uh, you know, you're going to start uh, wearing monocles and top hats and petticoats and start oh, talking sure like this. Started. I would love to Says see that. here in the news, Papa, that Rockefeller has made a 100 penny reward for all of us. A magnificent flying contraption. <laughs> That's exactly how the announcer talks in The Legend of Korra. Really? Because it's set in like that era, kind oh, of. It's, it's really funny. Anyway, I just don't. I just, it's so true. That is my mustache rant, folks. Well, here's I'm, if you're gonna get a rant on this one, I'll get little, one too. Little Wookie. Um, 
I personally, I think that some guys can pull off facial hair. And I think they do a really good job with it. But at the same time, I would never kiss it. <laughs> so just, you would never kiss Burt Reynolds? No. Ew, no. <laughs> like, Why not? Just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just... I. You would never kiss Jafar. Jafar. Your mustache is so twirly, <laughs> twisted. <laughs> it's just, It's just how it is. What about Sean Connery? <laughs> yeah, Hal definitely has the way with the ladies. I mean, come on. He's showing her the secret garden and everything. <laughs> he's like, like showing the secret garden. His hair is like waving in the wind. Yeah, long like, flowing locks. Well, it was very much You like, can come here whenever you want. <laughs> it was like Beast. Yeah. Like the library is like, I'm going to give you a secret place. It's just for you. Oh, man. She's like, oh. <laughs> but there's like the fact that she caught on to the whole, the fact that he was leaving they was like, that's smart. Like, yeah. mistrust, always. <laughs> like, here, here's the thing. Like, women, women tend to mistrust, and men have commitment issues. But I'm just saying, like, that's kind of like a commentary on a lot of relationships here. That's true. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it has something to do with that. I think Hal also thought it was his duty to intervene in the war and stop, you know, stop the violence, you know? <laughs> Well, at that point, he, like, realized that he had something to protect. Like, he was like, oh, okay, I've decided not to run away anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he definitely said, yeah, he definitely said that in that film, in that, in that scene also. Yeah, I, I like the comparison with Beauty and the Beast, you know. He's very like, Sophie, you can go anywhere you want in the castle, except the West Wing. <laughs> What's, What's in the West Wing? The Bat Cave's in the West Wing. <laughs> You never, never go in the back gate. Oh, so the so the beast not only has a time vortex, but he's, he's also secretly hero. Batman. Oh, That's I love right. this. We need he's somebody needs to draw that picture. He's a symbol that we don't we don't have to give in to fear and chaos. Oh my goodness, Sophie. Oh my goodness. Wait, they should redo this me? movie and, and have it be Disney and have it be Beast Moving Castle. Beast Moving Castle! Oh. And instead of giving her the library... Beast Moving Bat Cave. Because, because, they're, um, because Sophie's kind of like Belle. Like, she's pretty, but she's just not, like, you know, super, she super gorgeous. She, she, doesn't, she doesn't think she's all that. Yeah, exactly. So, like, someone could totally redo this Beauty and the Beast theme, and it would totally work. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Harvey Dent must never know about this. But anyway. Um. <laughs> the type of fairy she's going to be is a tinker fairy. Which, as Chelsea explained, tinker fairies, opposed to twinker fairies who twink <laughs> out, uh, tinker fairies are those who tinker and fix things. Mm -hmm. So they're basically the carpenters and, and you know. The nerds. <laughs> <laughs> for, for all the other, yeah, fairies. Did you realize, like, every other group had, like, their cool girl representative, <laughs> except for the Tinkers. You know, you just had the tall, fat guy and the short, skinny guy, obviously. We never change. Yeah. <laughs> Sidekicks. And, like, that. that's it. They don't have any girls other than Fairy Mary, mm -hmm. who's the, you know, kind of the representative, but not really. Like she's, no, like she's like the matron. Yeah, so it's like, obviously, they're waiting for Tinkerbell to come along and yeah. take her spot as the female protagonist spot on the totally <laughs> totally yeah she's the she'll win the award for miss tinker yeah you know miss tinker fairy and then they have the the pageant at the end of the year for for miss overall fairy you know miss fairy usa 2013 
For real, a, a fairy, a fairy beauty pageant would be awesome. Okay, we're doing that. We should. Oh man. And like you were, you were talking about how the, it's like they all seem very nice, except for the one video. Video. There's always one brat in there. Yeah, that totally. Be... Like this is like a perfect utopian society <laughs> of like happy for you, happy <laughs> girls and a few males here and there, and like which that's funny thinking about. <laughs> but fairies don't fairies don't procreate. They're born from babies last, exactly. so that's not an issue. So is fairy romance a thing? Well, yeah, it is because later on in the other movies, that's true. <laughs> oh, like we've dove too much into this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's Vidya, and she's what is she? She's just like a superpower fairy. Like yeah, she's the fast wind fairy. She, yeah. So it's just so funny how like very specific your your power can get, and her power is super rare apparently. Yeah. So like she basically has no friends. That's yeah. why she's bitter because there's only like one of her, so she has to do all the work. I'm just I I don't know if that's necessarily true, but you know apparently it's there so there are true. some. Elements that are more common than others. And that makes sense. Like, the big ones where you'll need a lot of water. Yeah. You'll need a lot of this. You'll need a lot of sunshine. But, yeah. It's really funny. Yeah, yeah. They have to start off the animosity in there by like, oh, Tinkerbell's hammer glowed a lot more than even Vidya's did. Like, when she... Yeah. And she's like, what? Excuse me? Somebody not... No. You are not better than me, girl. Newcomer. Yeah. She's definitely the alpha female. And, and oh, yeah. By Tinkerbell having, you know powers, you know, in, in the tiger form, <laughs> yes, are equivalent or better than Vidya. is not cool in her book. Not cool. So, as the movie goes on, Tinkerbell, she just, she starts talking to Vidya. Yeah. And she's like, hey, we're kind of the same. Our talents help everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and Vidya's like, uh, no. <laughs> we are so not the same. Like, I am very much higher than you on all levels. <laughs> So stop! Don't even go there. And Tinkerbell's just like, what? Uh, what? So oblivious. Yeah, just, it's kind of a weird song that is sung at the beginning, and that's the beginning. I'm watching this. I'm like, oh no, what is this? You know, we know that direct-to-video songs typically aren't the best unless it's Aladdin, King of Thieves. That one's great. I know. <laughs> but so they play the song, and then all of a sudden, you know, you kind of figure out how. How fairies are born, and um, this is true to the original play. Fairies are born from the laughs of babies. So every time a baby laughs, uh, a fairy is born. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, okay, babies cry a lot, but babies also laugh a ton. No, it's just the first time a baby laughs. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. So every because I'm like, there's going to be billions of fairies (laughs) in the world. (laughs) Okay, so it's equivalent. There's a fairy for every person. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Except when there are twins born. But, oh, yes. Yeah. Like, weird embryos splitting. <laughs> like the laugh splitting into multiple. No, but no, but that's the actual story. It's like the laugh broke into a thousand pe- pieces and all went skipping about. Like, yeah. That was from Hook. I just remember. Nice. <laughs> Bringing back all of my. Yes, anything Pan. that's related to Peter Pan or Tinkerbell will be brought back in this movie, in yeah. this podcast. So I, I was like, come on. Go for it, Tink. Follow your dreams. Well, and the sad thing about, like, I'm examining the Queen's leadership here. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Queen just is like, okay, they kind of go with it and let her talk. And then finally, the Queen just calls out Tinkerbell in front of everybody. Yeah. Bad form. Bad form. Bad form. (laughs) What's that from? It's from Hook. Yeah. Yeah. And really bad form. And it's, like, embarrassing. Like, did you, like, could you not have pulled Tinkerbell aside and been like, yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, you, you don't go. You know, yeah. just anything. Tell her after the fact. 
you know, it's just now Tinkerbell doesn't want to show her face. It's really embarrassing. It's sad. And I don't know. It made it made me like, think could less. You, could you not see that coming? Oh, of course. Yeah. Like I'm thinking as the as the queen, like were you not thinking far enough ahead? Like, yeah. if I do this, she's going to be embarrassed and there's just going to be problems. Yes. <laughs> like, come on. So I was, I was the same. I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, come on, leadership skills. Come on. <laughs> How to win friends and influence people. Seven habits of highly effective people. <laughs> These are the other books that we read. Yes, on audible.com. It's very, it's true. I just listened to those two. Really? Yes, I need to re-listen to Seven Habits of Highly Effective People because that's more one that you need to like have your worksheet ready with it's you. True. And like I was listening to it while I was cleaning and I was like, ah, I don't have time to like list these goals. And yeah, I, yeah. You know, so I need to go back and listen. Have you have you listened to um How to Win Friends and Influence People? Of course. No, that's, <laughs> that's not the one you're talking about. No. Leadership and self deception. No. I started it. And the beginning's like really hard to get into. It is kind of hard so, to get into. But like like the whole thing though, as you listen to it, like you just realize it's life in general, everything is about being not selfish. Yeah. Like just getting out cool. of yourself. I need that. <laughs> like we all do. Like that's it's really is something that everybody can go listen to. I'm gonna keep this in the podcast just so you guys all know. <laughs> you can go to therotoscopers.com slash audible and you can get your free download. You can pick one of these books because these are really amazing books. Everyone in their life needs to read. I don't care who you are, what you love, do it. You're gonna be dealing with people your entire life. Yes. <laughs> go for it. So and rant. Yes. <laughs> and on to <laughs> Tinkerbell. Voiced by Rob Polson. He has a really cool podcast. I know. There. Did you get to watch, listen yes. to it? Yes. Okay. So he has a show called Talkin' Tunes with yeah. Rob Paulson. <laughs> and this is the guy who was the voice of Yakko Warner from Animaniacs. Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. I mean, he's done tons of so stuff. Much. He's so talented. And he's he's just always busy with work. And he has this show. And he just brings on random people. The one I listened to most recently, he brought in the Star Kids, uh, Joe Moses and Joey Richter from A Very Potter Musical. Really? Yeah. And so they're the ones who are doing the new, uh, one of their new things they're going to be doing is Twisted. Yeah, that's Which right. is like basically Far. the musical Wicked. You know how it tells how the Wicked Witch became Wicked. But this one tells how Jafar became Twisted. <laughs> so they're doing a parody musical about that, which I think is so that's hilarious a, oh, I can't and wait. awesome. Yeah. So... It's funny because he just brings on people who he thinks are relevant or cool, yeah. people in the industry, and he's just no reservations. Like, he'll bust out into his voices. Yeah, yeah. He'll do Yakko at any time. He'll do Pinky at any time. Like, this guy's so funny. So that's like our podcast listen at the week. Like, if you love animation podcasts, this is probably my number one most recommended podcast. Yeah. And I just started listening to it. Yeah. So I, I found it when we did our interview with Bill Farmer way back when and just fell in love with it. He, he's really, really great. Yeah, and he puts it out pretty regularly. So, yeah. I mean, he's he's serious about his podcast. So it's it's cool to be like, I know him. I know him from this. And the fact that he's in Tinkerbell yeah. is way cool. Yeah, and you once you listen to him do it, you... I hear him everywhere. You can't unhear him. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I can, I can hear Rob Paulson almost anywhere now. Yeah. Now that I've heard, like, different voices mm -hmm. that he does, like, that's so him. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's fun. So he plays one of the male Tinker Fairies called Bubble, and uh, Crank is the other one. Yeah. Um, but after that, he kind of just, like, disappeared. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. He was our version. Not quite, but close to our version of... Of the Beebs. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Even like one one hundredth of right. the Bieber. If you add like Jess McCartney with JTT, <laughs> I think that would be our equivalent. Oh, JTT. Oh. What happened to that kid? 
probably doing voice acting now. Probably. <laughs> hey, Rotoscopers, this is Daniela from New Zealand, and I just wanted to say that I really enjoy listening to your podcast, and I usually listen to them on the way to and from uni on the bus. So every time you guys burst out into song randomly, um, I always feel like joining in, but it would be kind of awkward for the person sitting next to me, so that doesn't really work. Um, yeah, so one of my favorite episodes this year would have to be the Pokemon episode, especially all the times when Mason does his Ash impression, um, and you guys talk about how pathetic of a trainer Ash is. Um, so I actually agree quite a lot. Um, I've had this discussion with my friends a lot of times, and yeah, he is just pretty shocking. And every time um, you guys talk about 90 soundtracks, like in the episode for a Goofy movie, when you start singing the Powerline song, yeah, those are my favorite moments. So yeah, hope you guys are well, and here's to plenty more amazing episodes. Okay, bye. There's dragons involved. There's dragons and and uh, angsty teenagers. Angsty teen. Well, are these these angsty teenagers aren't? Uh, but they're American. There, there isn't one. There isn't one that's training a dragon. Or is there? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or is this just Pokemon? <laughs> Pocket monsters. You know when Ash is like when Ash is like, oh, a dragonite. All right, Pikachu, I choose you. Can I just say, the thing that bothered me about Ash is he didn't try to catch Pokemon. He was like cool. Yeah, but he was cool having like five. Yeah, he he, And like any Pokemon I see, I'm going to catch it. You, you, the middle school child who has the Game Boy game, has to catch them all. Uh, Ash, uh, you know, he catches them when the plot demands that he does. (laughs) Or when they bring a new generation of Pokemon in and he has to shift the other ones out and bring the new ones in. Oh no, guys, I gotta release all my old Pokemon. (laughs) Pikachu! Pikachu! Did he ever release the Pokemon? No, he he, he would, because they'd be like, oh, don't you see it? Charmeleon doesn't want to be with you. <laughs> He's like, oh my gosh, I never thought a Pokemon would like me. Oh, I should be more considerate about their feelings. <laughs> and Brock's like, Nurse Joy! But anyway. Coffee. And, you know, he never became the champ. Uh, he got like second place one time, I think. Yeah, second place. That's still losing. It's all about Gary. It's all about oh, Gary. <laughs> Gary, coming from Gary girl, that's typical. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so back to uh, not how how, to train. Yeah, how to train your Dragonite. Um, (laughs) It's the new Pokemon spinoff based on how to train your dragon. (laughs) We all kill Dragonites. We should make a fan trailer. Don't you know, Lance, we all kill Dragonites. That's what we do. But, Dad, I think we, we should befriend the Dragonites. No! I'm Gerard Butler, and nobody, nobody argues with Gerard Butler. Yeah, so he's, like, studying this dragon, and so he's kind of learning to understand him, and so that's how he kind of rises up as yes. the great dragon conqueror, you know? Pokemaster? You better believe it. Like, this is Lance's former years. <laughs> Lance is a descendant 
of Hiccup. Dude, seriously. He's an advocate. <laughs> Come on. You, you guys know you got to treat your Pokemon with respect and love. It's true. <laughs> That's why Gary lost in the Game Boy game. But, uh... <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what happened. What happened to Gary at the end of the cartoon? I don't know. I think Ash ends up beating him at some point, but not during, not the final, final championship. Yeah, because I know in in Silver, Gold, and Crystal, he he quits the Pokemon League. I mean, well, yeah, he has to. He gets kicked out. He takes over Giovanni's gym. Oh. So anyway, the tension is definitely mounting because Stoic gets wind of this dragon's nest. Let's see. I'm looking on. Twitter because I'm now on Twitter. Hey, hey, hey. Has it taken over your life yet? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so the the movie Dinosaur, I was looking at the I always look at the reception section and critical response section mm-hmm. of any Wikipedia uh, page. No, oh, always. And um one of the th- parts of the critical response was the lemurs depicted in the movie strongly resemble the subspecies, blah, 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 blah. Biologists have raised concern that the movie is misleading. It could potentially confuse people as it suggests lemurs coexisted with dinosaurs over 65 oh million years gosh. ago. <laughs> uh... so I'll say, oh, well, thank you, science, for ruining everything for us. <laughs> Thanks, science. But, like, the film did good back when it was released. Yeah. It's just, like... It didn't have legs. It didn't carry. Yeah, no one cares about it now. Well, my problem with Dinosaur was that it was way too close to Land Before Time. No. Yeah, totally was. Well, they're going on a journey, and... They break through a wall. There are songs. all these different things. It was just... Stand together, herd! (laughs) I just remember the ride in Disney World, in Animal Kingdom was the shiz. Uh, scared, they had a dinosaur the ride? Yeah, yeah, scared the bejeebies out of me. It was in uh, Animal Planet Kingdom. Oh, wow. See, they had, like, such high hopes that they built a ride. Yeah. Or it did initially so well that they built a ride, and afterwards, like, mm. Well, they had to find some excuse to have Bill Nye the Science Guy do stuff. It had it went into extinction. Um, so I also started watching a new animated TV series. Oh, brother. I was not what I think it is. <laughs> what do you think it is? Is it the freaking My Little Ponies? <laughs> Friendship is magic. <laughs> it is, but oh I don't need God. ponies to teach me that. <laughs> well, like, I kept hearing about it. You know, we've talked about it before. And then, like, during the you know past few weeks... We, kept... we, did, have a, we did have one of our fans actually draw the fan art of us as yeah, ponies which i really was, appreciated that was awesome oh yeah <laughs> no no no. whoever did it who was it mm. do, you, do you remember the name maggie maybe maggie maybe oh they're like they're probably bouncing up and down and raising their hand me me it's me um <laughs> while they're listening but uh i just thought they did a great job capturing my uh my smile <laughs> and my hair <laughs> like i was like wow that's exactly what i look like it was pretty good if i was a pony <laughs> But anyway, back to the show. I hate it. Have yeah, you seen I it? I hate it. Because I kept okay. So I don't I, need to see it. Uh, I've seen all the all the deviant art ponies. That's not true. Do a Google image search on any cartoon character, past or present, and there is a My Little Pony Friendship Is Magic version of that. <laughs> is that really so bad? <laughs> I don't know what is worse: Sonic characters fan art or My Little Pony fan art. I think it's fine. Sorry, Morgan. <laughs> How's the show? How's the show? Sorry. Okay. Let me tell you. So I'm almost done with season one. 
first I was like, okay, I got to check this out. I want to see what it's about. You know, all, there's all these like 20, 30 year olds who are in it. And it has yeah. this huge following, like crazy. Oh, it's insane! I uh, went to the Phoenix Comic Con, and Tara Strong, who's one of who's um, what, Twilight, Twilight Sparkle. Yeah, she's Twilight Sparkle. Um, Which is there an awesome are name so for a pony, by the way. Crazy Twilight people. Sparkle. Like, we sat next to this one guy, and I took my nephew, and he's like ten or eleven, and we sat next to this guy who's had to be like twenty-five or so, and he's got like his Twilight Sparkle like plush animal and he's got all these things and he's like caressing it and i'm like oh wow hi <laughs> he is he's like i'm the biggest brody ever like Brony's- brony yes that's a term no it yes. is a term. it's a term There's for a million of them too and it can be bros obviously but it can- it's just basically girls and guys who are older who like it yeah so you all of us would be considered bronies no not me sorry <laughs> well pardon me but- Anyway, Tara Strong is awesome, so I I think that's cool. But so where do you so where do you watch it on Netflix? Okay, so it's on Netflix, seasons one yeah, through Netflix. three, and I like just started watching. I was like, okay, okay. The first episode is a two part episode, and it like uh-huh. introduces you to the six main characters. It's pretty cool. So Twilight Sparkle, she's like a unicorn. Unicorns learn magic, um, oh. and so she's like the apprentice to the princess, who is mm. a Pegasus and a unicorn, which I've learned is called an alicorn. So that's about it. Not, nothing too exciting. Oh, and so I've basically depleted all of my podcasts through spending, you know, six to eight hours a day painting. And so I've gone back and I know I talked about this last time, but I've gone back and I've been listening to the old episodes of Talking Tunes with Rob Paulson. And I just got to give that show another plug. It's so good. He brings in he's friends with all these voice actors. And so it gives you this cool vibe when he interviews them because they're actually buddies. And so it's more just like a bunch of friends talking, telling stories, you know, it's so good. So definitely go check out that show because I'm going back and I'll listen to interviews and I have no idea who some of these artists are. And then through listening to the podcast, I become like instant fans because then I realize, oh, they did this, 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 and this. Yeah. Pretty awesome. All right, everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Let's go. I'll do it. Do you know what that's from? No. No. Mickey Mickey Mouse Club. Nice. Sounded a bit Disney-ish. Would you ever consider reviewing direct-to-video sequels? Oh, we already do. On on the... On on YouTube. YouTube. On YouTube. I'm like, I'm not doing more than that. I love how she said, Rise of the Guardians. Rise of the Guardians. Where's she from again? Czech Republic. Wow. Like, we get around, don't we? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, sweet. Spanish country, El Origen de los Guardianes. Brazil, El Origen dos Guardiotes. Belgium, Le Cique Legendes. Croatia, Pet Legendi. <laughs> Norway, Defem Legende. Legendini. Germany, Die Hutter des Liegste. Because you hate Gatsby for being so naive, you know, for being so short-sighted. And then you hate Daisy because she's like, oh, I don't know what I want. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on, lady. Let's be honest. But and then uh, Tom, you know, Tommy's like, oh, I say, I I say Gatsby's no good. (laughs) And then Nick's just like, one more party, please. (laughs) (laughs) What? I have a job. I don't I don't really do it. (laughs) What? Jay-Z? What? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
What is that from? It's from Robin Hood. It's from the most, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the no. most hilarious Disney Who film ever made. Who does that doping Duke think he is? <laughs> what cheek. Oh, what we need to do that one next. That one. Yeah. Okay. On. Can we do Robin Hood next? Okay. Oh my goodness, I'd yeah. be so happy. Okay, done. <laughs> done and done and done. <laughs> I can sing all the songs. Oh, so can I. Oh, and we can plug in that Mumford & Sons cover of uh, yeah. Not Nottingham. They do a cover of that? Yeah, that's I have it. Oh, please. Anything that's melancholy and a slightly bluegrass sound. <laughs> Mumford and Sons got it. Mumford and Sons have got it. Have their ups and downs. Yeah, I can, you can get like, you can hear like the chains clinking in rhythm to the song. I'm inclined to believe. <laughs> If we were if we so weren't so down, we'd up and, and leave. <laughs> up and cry, no, we'd up and fly if we had wings for flying. <laughs> I don't know, the tears were crying. Like a tumbleweed sound, like <laughs> rattle. Oh, such a good movie! I'm excited now. Next, next time <laughs> on the rotoscope. Hi guys, it's Gemma and I just wanted to do a voicemail for your best of 2013 show. Uh, 2013 was a great year for you guys and not just because of your fantastic coverage on Frozen that I gushed about in my last voicemail. Um, you got some great interviews and you talked about some great movies in your podcast. Um, it was a pretty good year for me in the terms of seeing the films that you talked about but with the episodes where you talk about an animated film that I haven't seen you make me want to see it and that happened this year. I saw Rise of the Guardians for the first time because of you. Um, my favourite episode from this year is episode 40 Robin Hood that was just a fab hilarious episode we could all tell that you were enjoying yourself so much and it was so entertaining and as for something that was in a lot of your podcast this year I've loved your catching fire games that you played with your hosts and interviewees um I want to do a catching fire with you guys <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one uh, keep up the fantastic job and here's to another great year in animation Long live the rotoscopers! I know. Um, you know how Disney comes out with their, like, the name of the new release, the re-release DVD has something to do with it, you know? Oh, yes. So uh, Robin Hood has, the, on the most wanted edition DVD of, um, <laughs> Which, of Robin Hood. What does that even mean? Most wanted edition? It means it's narrated by John Bunnell of America's Most Wanted. Um, oh, I don't even know most wanted edition. It's the one that you want the most. I suppose <laughs> it's sort of like the the Great Mouse Detective, the Mystery and the Mist edition. It's like what? Mystery and the Mist edition. <laughs> there, there, yeah. there was no mist. Yeah, who's the marketing dude who thinks up the <laughs> DVD edition? They're like, oh, well, man. we don't think it's worth a platinum edition or a diamond edition, but we don't want to just release it so it needs some sort of addition so all right everyone gather around the table let's think of new additions oh i know i know mystery in the mist okay i'm, I'm thinking uh for okay we're re-releasing snow white we need a name for the addition okay how about this uh, 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 snow white poison apple <laughs> edition <laughs> cinderella uh, rotting pumpkin edition <laughs> the I have fox the... and the hound radiator edition <laughs> I have the very first DVD edition. It was the Gold Classic Collection of See? this movie. That's okay. I, I yeah. Yeah, that was totally good. 
So yeah, they kind of they were going to do this uh, kind of alternate ending where Prince John like wounds Robin Hood. Th- this is one of the one films that has been unspoiled by a sequel. It's Probably because there was no real story in the film, you know, to build on. It, <laughs> and they're like to build on in the yeah in exactly. The, uh, in they're the like just mm. just give them a, a, a level on Kingdom Hearts. That's it's as simple as that. You no know, plot required. The thing is, like, they kind of built it like to where they could have possibly done something because it's like at the very end. He's like uh, Toby's like, "Well, Skippy, why are you going?" Well, Robin Hood is going to have kids. Somebody's got to take care of things. I'm like, um, why? Creepiest, <laughs> creepiest thing ever. Like they just got married and they're going on their honeymoon. Like they don't have kids yet. Why are you there, Skippy? It's just—it's disgusting. Okay. <laughs> and then you can—you can see on the IMDb page for Robin Hood under the Parents Guide, uh, sex is implied in the last scene of the movie. <laughs> Four out of four out of ten should have been PG thirteen. Oh man! But yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's kind of like a weird mentorship, kind of like a Jack Donahue Liz Lemon thing. But um, but yeah, I don't know. It was kind of creepy that he like runs off with them on their honeymoon. Yeah. Oh, and and little little John's driving the cab. Of course. Well, so... Hey, they're inseparable. <laughs> Well, well I mean, I can, ages, I can understand middle... somebody driving the cab. I mean, somebody's <laughs> got to. Well, but does it have to be your friend? <laughs> Could you not hire a, a man for this? <laughs> yeah, and you know so... the, Well, the Middle Ages had some weird traditions on marriage, such as. Yeah, I can't. I can't even <laughs> say him on the. I can't even say him on the podcast. Oh, yes, because um, we're a clean just, podcast. Just look up the history of why there's a garter toss. Oh, and. Oh. Um, <laughs> And, uh, I, I've looked that up before. <laughs> well, we we looked it up when when we were getting married, and it was kind of funny. But anyway, uh, yeah, so kind of funky, uh, funky ending. I'm glad uh, we get to see King Richard, a proper lion king. Well, yes, because he has a oh. giant mane. You heard what he said, bushel britches. <laughs> no man, that no Ben, no man. <laughs> Ugh, Brazil. <laughs> How were you? Were you, ex- were you excited? What? She's speaking Portuguese. No, Are I Are you excited wasn't. about Rio? Were you ex- well, I don't think he's evil. He's just a jerk. Man, this is not the good t- a good time to have the hiccups. Um, <laughs> snakes don't walk, they slither. So there. I kind of like it better at saying slither. Well, that's not it. I... <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep saying it like that. <laughs> Give me a cool chuckle. This is a red letter procuring contributions from the floor. Indeed, sir, his. Rob the poor to feed the rich. Aha. Aha. <laughs> I mean, Robin Hood really could have slain Prince John right there. But, you know, I guess, I guess, uh, as Gandalf would say, courage is not, is not taking a life. It's knowing when to save it. Or as Nephi would say, um, it is better that one man should perish than a whole nation should dwindle in unbelief. Should die in a whole nation should dwindle in unbelief. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's totally the Robin Hood way. If this were really, I mean. <laughs> oh my goodness, that just made my week. <laughs> well, because based on his attitude towards money and we steal from the rich to feed the poor, it's all about the people, it's more important about them, you would think that Robin Hood ultimately would just chop off Prince John's head because it's for the good of the people. <laughs> And then dress up in clothing and make sure his bow is <laughs> Dress up in his clothing and go up to Sir Hiss, asking for the no for the gold. Know what we're talking about? <laughs> Who cares? Am I keeping this in there? I don't even know. It's, it's a blooper. <laughs> a lot of this... yeah, yeah. I think a lot of this episode is going to have to be edited for length. But yeah, thank. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Zoram. Anyway, um, <laughs> Sir Zoram. <laughs> I don't think Zoram was all that. Is, wasn't like Sir Hit. Anyway, I don't know. We could go off. Whatever. Oh man, you need to do fan art of that. And, uh, <laughs> well, I don't want to give away any spoilers here, folks. But I figured out the entire film. Oh really? <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. we can do it's a spoiler segment. Well, it, it explains spoiler, every it spoiler. explains everything from spoiler 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 danger. Will Robinson. It explains everything from like the weird snail races that these guys are doing to um you know the the engines on the things. I've got it all figured out. The fact is, is that, that turbo turbo die got sucked into the <laughs> the engine, and this is actually his. It's like a lost style heaven for him, you know. <laughs> Because his life has been so mundane and boring that he dies when he gets sucked into the race car. And this is kind of his, like, heaven, you know, snail heaven, where he All can right. just kind of live this fantasy of being a super fast snail and having friends. I it's like really it's really sad, folks, but it's true. He's dead the whole time. You know, being dead is the answer to everything in most movies. They well, were dead the whole time. He's a it ghost. It was a dream the whole time. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry, folks. I hate to make you all depressed, but Turbo's been dead the whole time. That's the point of the movie. Well, we'll see who's right come July 19th. And then he then he finds all his friends and they all sit in this church, you know, in the last scene. They kind of all float into this white light, just like lost, you know. <laughs> the and then, end. And then, and then they, they never meet... explain the island. No, then they meet the dogs from All Dogs Go to Heaven and all the clocks. Oh. And... All the clocks from all clocks. <laughs> You'll never come back. You'll never come back. <laughs> uh, and then that pink, pink poodly dog, she's going to sing that she's song. She's awesome. Yeah, she is. <laughs> totally. I love that movie. That's funny. So after figuring out Turbo all by myself, um, that's about it. Yeah, this new radio show coming up on Thursdays, and that's it. Cool. So the next story is Monsters University accidentally sent a an alumni newsletter to a human by mistake. And by human, we mean Morgan. Yes, that human what? was me. Yeah. Wow, you are so lucky. Yeah, I don't know how Monsters University got my address, but they sent me this. Well, news- they certainly can get in your closet. Well, so that's, Monsters tr- Cor- that's true. They just went in my closet and they just uh, found my address lying Great. on a piece of paper on the table. So this Very is actually really cool because I wasn't expecting anything. Yeah, but it was just a really clever, um, like, viral marketing campaign that they did. 
there were some other people that got sent this. Unfortunately, I didn't get sent my um, invitation to freshman orientation, um, which essentially is Pixar blogger day where they fly you out and you go to the studio and yeah, we didn't, we are apparently not cool enough to get that, Dang. but at least I accidentally got an alumni newsletter, which was oh, pretty, yeah. pretty neat. So pretty cool marketing that they're doing. They always find a cool edge and spin to put on all their stuff. <laughs> yeah, seriously, this like campaign of theirs, this like viral campaign is like really elaborate and really well thought out. And I think it's really cool. Yeah. You know, well, so- how about inviting entertainment empire moguls like us? Exactly. That's cool. Uh, moguls. <laughs> that's oh. <laughs> moguls. <laughs> <laughs> we could be our own monster. The moguls. <laughs> exactly. See, we're the rotoscoper monster. We could sneak in to ro- maybe oh, that's why should. they thought we were, um, you know, an alum. Because yeah. yeah, I'll work up a character design for that. Oh, please do. That'd be so yeah. awesome. We'll send it to Pixar. <laughs> hey, we, I'm sure we can find an address somewhere to send. No, no, no. It's, it's like when you send letters to Santa Claus, you just put Santa Claus the North Pole, and so on the envelope, we'll just put Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> Emeryville, California. <laughs> Sweet. So that's cool. We've all we all saw it. We're gonna have our discussion on it. Okay, so I uh, I went at eleven thirty in the morning, and uh, I was like, "Come on, Shannon, let's go." And she's like, "You know, there's gonna be like a million little kids there, right?" I was like, "No, <laughs> kids don't get up early these days. It's summer." Because when we walked in, it was like, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> and I was like. Oh, we barely found a seat. We almost had to pull do what we did at Sundance a couple of years ago and just sit in two different seats. Oh, <laughs> oh married and having to sit in two different seats. Uh, I mean, you know, two different seats that weren't adjacent. Yeah. And uh, so finally, we wedged ourselves between some drooling, slobbering children, toxic children. And, um, you know, it's like I can't laugh at movie trailers when all the kids are laughing. <laughs> You know, because then I'm just a little kid then. Saw some pretty, I mean, I've seen these previews already. We saw, oh, what was that? Uh, Despicable Me 2. Mm-hmm. Guess who's back? <laughs> and that's cool. I like the line, and weapons! <laughs> He's like really excited about having new weapons. That one wasn't on my screening. Yeah, we did Despicable Me 2, the uh, Frozen teaser trailer. Uh-huh. And, um, oh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs Part 2. Af- before it was titled Revenge of the Leftovers, uh-huh. but then it would have broken the record that Owls of Gahul set for most syllables in a movie, animated movie title. <laughs> Cloudy with a chance of meatballs part two, Revenge of the Leftovers. That's almost 20 syllables, folks. So remember, remember what was it, episode two or like episode three where we were talking about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saved them. I saved Sony. Thank you. Obviously, they listened to that and, and internalized it. Yes, so those were the main trailers, and then, uh, yeah, and then, oh, and then the Planes trailer, which I, I saw already for Epic. Mm-hmm. Farm Boy. Yeah, we so, saw, yeah. and mine was Planes uh, Turbo as well. Oh, yeah, we saw one for Turbo, too. And... White Shadow. Yeah, and then um, this Lego movie trailer something <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Yes, we will talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it tingles. It's like it's like uh, it's like the word Mufasa with bonsai <laughs> and that one hyena. Oh, it, it tingles. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be doing 
a lot of emails. We're going to be catching up on all the emails that we have received over the past few months. And the first one is from Joshua. He says, I love what you've done with your podcast. I loved your Snow White episode and Monsters University episode. I loved, well, all of them. Can you please put Mason on YouTube? Thanks, Joshua. So... Um, I love the Snow White episode and Monsters University episode as well. And surprise, surprise, since you wrote this, Mason has now made a few appearances on YouTube. So definitely go check him out. I know one video that he's going to be doing is called 100 Animation Impressions. And that is when we receive 2,000 likes on Facebook. Then he's going to release this video of him doing 100 impressions from of animated characters from animation. It's going to be awesome. So go like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash rotoscopers like i need to learn spanish dadgum and i can get most of it but you can't you can't you're spoiled by portuguese already i know like it's I, impossible no but the thing is i can understand it because i i went to school in spanish i lived in spain for a while but yeah it was like the spain like brazilian portuguese just ruins it <laughs> i can't speak doesn't it though for this, I can't speak for the life of me. It's horrible. What if we're like Lindsey Sterling and we have like a secret nation of fans that are just <laughs> from a foreign country that we just never heard of? Uh, we do have a lot of people from Mexico that listen to us, though. Really? Yeah. Like most of the YouTube stuff, I'm looking at the geography here of our views. And after U.S., United Kingdom, and Canada, uh, we've got Mexico and Australia, Brazil. Then, Australia, that's so weird. <laughs> then Turkey. But you know, you know what Spain, I noticed is that is that Germany, Australia, France, Australia, Australia. I've noticed that Australia is like this big creative hub all of a sudden. Like if you go on Bandcamp, like every other artist is from Australia. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they've got like this budding independent film industry. We got Malaysia, Italy, Saudi Arabia, Japan, Morocco, Russia. Philippines, Thailand, Netherlands, South Korea. Austin. South Korea. What about North Korea? <laughs> I know. Why not? <laughs> we're probably we're probably blacklisted in North Korea also. <sighs> Those rotoscopers are fun. They must be banned <laughs> from this country. <laughs> Poland, Sweden, Vietnam, and Denmark. The top twenty-five places. I like how you. I like. I like how you read all those countries in a in like a Danish accent. <laughs> oh, North Korea, yeah. <laughs> well, most of them were in that little area. So, Mason, when are we going to get you on YouTube? Uh, that's why I was kind of ask. Um, I think I just need like a backdrop, or I can, oh, no, I can just sit on my couch. Because you could even like do the videos yourself, or we could do. Just How do I record video? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Really I don't get to, I don't get to speak Spanish to anyone. Neither do I. And then I'm like, That's everyone's like, Morgan, do a Spanish video, and I'm like, I haven't spoken Spanish in like two years. You guys are all gonna make fun of me. I'm, t- I'm telling you, if people if people won't mind my snobby Argentine accent, I I really want to do like maybe the twelve principles of animation, but like but like say them in Spanish. Oh yeah. Or or even do reviews in Spanish. I'm down. I know, I know that South America bootlegs everything, and they get DVDs before we do. So. <laughs> oh my! This is at least they did in Buenos Aires. <laughs> no, this Brazil, same thing. <laughs> I'll do like a tele, Telemundo version. 
Este martes, las noticias, las más grandes noticias de animación. Do it, like, I'm so a fan of that. The awkward silences all go away when, when it goes through Chelsea editing magic. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, you guys owe me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, We're gonna realize have... that I still keep all of the episodes. Okay. Oh, all the uncut well. episodes. <laughs> and they usually go on the end of year episodes where. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll enjoy my after editing effects on that interview. I always do, Chelsea. <laughs> There's some really funny moments. Like he gets a little potty mouth, and yeah, you'll <laughs> you'll enjoy what I did with it. <laughs> Do you do like a toilet flushing sound, or do you like? <laughs> that, would, like that would be really funny. Okay, I'll I'll spoil it just for you guys. I actually okay. threw I I actually threw in the the thunder tube right there. <laughs> oh, I love it! <laughs> so oh my gosh, so like, girl, Alex, so, girl Alex, do you know about the thunder tube? Someone please enlighten me on the thunder tube. Well, it was first introduced on our Nightmare Before Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. To be dramatic, I think. Yeah. Or was it the one before it? It was Nightmare Before Christmas, I believe. Yeah, but it's just like this, like to- yeah. this, like toy that, like you hit one end of it and it makes like a thunder noise. <laughs> but Chelsea would do it like <laughs> at the least expected moments. <laughs> That's fantastic. But there was one episode like recently where <laughs> we we'd gone like five episodes without the thunder tube, <laughs> and he's just boom <laughs> in the middle of it. <laughs> I lose it every time. I don't know why. So on the best of uh, 2013, can we do a compilation of all the times the Thunder Tube? Uh, yes, <laughs> I've, been, I've been listening to episodes and marking the time whenever the Thunder Tube came around. Oh, so. thank you so much. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I need to update. We didn't, we didn't see a lot of it uh, at the latter end of this year, but um, every once in a while, Chelsea would just bring it out. I know it was great. When I least expected it. Meet the Thunder now. Tube. Wow. And that, folks, is why for the next two weeks we're going to have a charity drive for Chelsea so that, so that she can pay the chiropractor to fix her rib that she broke when she was coughing. Oh, man. We'll be on the line all two weeks. If you call in the next 20 minutes. You receive a, fl- a free Mason plush. Ooh, we're going to get lots of calls now. With the yeah, bells right. in the background. Ding, 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 ding. We just had a $100 donor. You get ten minutes more. (laughs) Yes, instead of a bell, it's the thunder tube for us. Of how could we forget? Uh, uh, (laughs) All right, Morgan, think of a think of your superpower. I'll take Chelsea. Pablo, you give Morgan her name. Excellent. Okay, Chelsea, what's your superpower? My superpower would be to understand every language. To understand. Every language. Every language. Hmm. Well, your superhero woman name would be Rosita Stone. (laughs) 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 The Thunder Tube. (laughs) Get it, Rosita Stone. Rosetta Stone? Uh, 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 uh. Okay, you get another fine. one just for that. Oh, I've been thunder tubed. You okay, got thunder tubed well, twice. I know, three times and you're out. Let's see. I, I yeah. actually did like that. That's nice. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I thought it was excellent. All right, Morgan, what's yours? Okay. So, my powers, are you guys ready? You, and you can only have like one or two powers, and they it's, have to be related. It's only you, can't, one. you can't have all the powers. 
Well, my powers are referred to as the powers of womanly persuasion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. You can't take Sedusa. That's from the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> oh, and the it, Powerpuff Girls. And, and at the end of the episode, it was actually the guy who talks like this. The very scary guy? The very scary composite Santa Claus lobster vampire. And you can't tell if it's a man or a woman thing. Yep, I remember him. I'm traumatized by him. Oh, I don't know. Help me out, guys. Have you stumped, huh? Yep. <laughs> well, okay. I've got a couple, but they're not very nice. Uh, not podcast appropriate. <laughs> oh, no, they're appropriate. Okay, here's how the scene would go. Gee, Willikers, Batman, what are we going to do now? I'm not quite sure, Robin. We men are helpless against the old nag. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. <laughs> the <Yep>. old nag. <laughs> oh, peace out. <laughs> Next email is from Esther. It says, hey, Rotoscopers, what's up? I'm joining the podcast that keep coming throughout the summer. <laughs> summer, oh my gosh, this was really old. I'm so sorry, Esther. Thanks to you, my morning commute has gotten a little more fun. Sorry you guys couldn't go to Comic-Con. Someday in the future, Rotoscopers will host an exclusive convention just for animation lovers, and you three will have an elite panel for Q&A. Aw, thanks. I hope that's true. In the meantime, if you don't have a billion things to do, I wanted to share some great animation music videos I found online. The first one is called What Makes You Beautiful?, not for those who cannot stand One Direction, but otherwise very cute. The next one is called Girlfriend. which says, check out the synchronized lyrics. And the last one is called Non-Disney Villains. It's very scary, but awesome. Maybe you three could share some of your favorite animated music videos on the website. Or do you need to ask permission from people on YouTube before you post their animated music videos? Have a great week, Esther. Thank you, Esther. I am going to post those three videos in the show notes so everyone can check them out. Um, I actually don't have any favorite animated music videos, but I will start researching them, and I think that's a really good idea to do a post about that. So hopefully we can do that in the next little bit. Our next email is from Abraham. He says, Hi, Rotoscopers. Love your podcast. Big fan. Met you through Hypable. I'm a big Studio Ghibli fan, and I would love to hear your thoughts on Nausicaa, Kiki's Delivery Service, Princess Mononoke, My Neighbor Totoro, and The Grave of the Fireflies. I fell in love with French animation, so thanks to Persepolis, which would be a great episode for your podcast if you want to try a different style of animation. Other French director I like is Michael Ocelot. I know him first around from Kiriku and the Sorcerer. But he has some awesome films such as Princes and Princesses, Azur and Asmar, and a sequel for Kuriku. I would definitely recommend these films to you guys because the director has a unique style of storytelling. Anyway, thank you for the amazing podcast. Keep up the great work. Greetings from Mexico, Abraham. Thanks, Abraham. So definitely next year we are going to be trying to get a few more um, Studio Ghibli films on the podcast. So definitely um, there's high demand for those, so we're going to be doing those. And then also I love your recommendations for French animation. That's something that we haven't uh, done too much of. Persepolis, I remember seeing that and loving that movie. Um, and then I know Chelsea and I are planning on doing Monster in Paris when um, it's just a Morgan-Chelsea episode, like Mason is busy or, or can't make it, then that's one of the ones that we have that we are going to do. So get ready for that, and I'll be sure to check out these other films. This next email is from Gemma, and I'm going to do my best uh, Gemma impression. 
Hi guys! I'm just emailing to say that I was a bit horrified that I wasn't able to record a voicemail for your Corpse Bride episode. I had a feeling it was going to win in the poll, so I was prepping to get a voicemail ready today, but with this film, I just had to talk about it. So I have history with this film. I saw an advert for it when I was 12 years old. I got the DVD, and for an entire month, I watched it on loop. I'm not exaggerating. I watched it multiple times every day for a straight month. It was the only thing I did that summer. I memorized the entire film right down to the shot lengths. It's safe to say that this film changed my life. It introduced me to Tim Burton and Danny Elfman and Helena Bonham Carter. It made me take playing the piano seriously. Been learning that piano solo for seven years now. It made me pay attention to film scores. It made me love stop motion animation. It made me love weddings. It made me love the Victorian era. It made me a total hopeless romantic. It certainly shaped who I am and made me the person I am today. So it will always have a very, very special place in my heart. And looking back, yeah, it's not the greatest thing ever but I can't bring myself to dislike it. I haven't seen the film in four years for obvious reasons. I actually still get a bit uncomfortable when I see things about it. I guess it's just the after effect of being so embarrassed that I was so obsessed with this film. But after listening to your very entertaining episode on it, you made me want to watch it again. I should have watched it on Halloween, but I plan to watch other things. Anyway, thanks for the great episode, and I'm glad you enjoyed the film. Thanks, Gemma Clark. Thanks, Gemma. Um, Yeah, that was definitely... A surprise hit for us. A lot of people really love that film, The Corpse Bride, and that was definitely one that that won out in our poll, and that's what we did for our Halloween episode. And no wonder, because it's very underappreciated. And that, you know, I feel so bad because stop motion films they sort of get the short end of the stick. For some reason, audiences just aren't as drawn to them as they are the other films, and they just don't do as well as I think they deserve. Um, so that's why I like going back and reviewing these films, and love hearing your thoughts on these films. Um, I love reading these emails about different movies that we've covered or that are going to cover or send us your voicemails, whatever, because it's, it's fun to see how those movies have impacted your lives. Yeah, I love it. This this comes back to the origin story for The Corpse Bride, which is a, a Jewish folk tale in the which uh, pretty much the same thing happens. A, a groom-to-be is playing around, practicing his vows in the forest, and he puts the ring on the twig thinking it was a twig and it was actually the woman. Against his will, he's married to a corpse. Uh, in the original Jewish tale, I think all he has to do to get rid of her is perform a proper Jewish divorce ceremony, which, um, I don't know, is that hard? I don't, know. I, is, I, don't, is, I don't know anything about that. Usually these like folk stories are told to children, you know, so you can learn something out of them. So I, why does this one exist? It's like if you ever get in a bad marriage, just <laughs> do the divorce the right way and everything's okay. Don't go throwing your wedding rings around because you never you know, know if twig you put it on is actually a corpse yeah that's so funny though because okay you know the dead guy where he's like he's cut in half you guys know what i'm talking about no when he's downstairs the, the guy who's cut yeah the guy who's cut in half yeah there's a guy who's like cut straight down the middle and it's actually a jewish tradition that you would make a promise with somebody and they, they, what they would do is they would like cut a calf straight down the middle and then they would walk through the two sides like walk through the two pieces and it's kind of like a symbolic way of saying may this and much more happen to me if i break my deal with you so this guy was a deal breaker that's all i'm saying (laughs) holy cow that's morbid you know Um, i expect nothing less from scriptoria number one (laughs) (laughs) that's our old our old joke from sunday school she always like threw out these like Bible stories and we all looked at her like, how do you know this? You're like 
12. Are you a spy? And so uh, she, she she became dubbed scriptoria number one. And I wanted to be like Chelsea, so I dubbed myself her assistant and her apprentice, scriptoria number two. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Speaking of character designs, I liked how each one of the parents were very opposite. So yeah. Victoria's parents, you know, the mom is very, she's very up and down, like, but it looks like a really squished oval. And then um, her dad is like just very round. But then you look at uh, Victor's parents and they have like the triangle thing going. Like his mom has like an upside down triangle. And then the dad has a, his head is shaped like a facing up triangle. I just thought it was kind of cool. But then, you know, both kids happen to come out proportionally well. So that was, you know, kind of (laughs) interesting. No, no. This is something I've been thinking about. All children, for the most part, come out proportionally well. They have, you know, normal-sized noses. But when things start getting exaggerated is once you, like, hit your 40s. That's when, like, your chin, like, triples in size or your nose becomes huge. Like, just think about it. Like, their features just go wonky. (laughs) Except Madonna. So, yeah, and I don't know if this is just Tim Burton or if this is Laika or what, but what is it with Laika and large, busty women? (laughs) Why? Maybe they're easier to animate? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's just, just off. It's just uh, t- you, simply you off-putting. Honestly, you would, you would think that a small busted woman would be easier to animate. Not as much jiggling. <laughs> Yikes. Studio jiggling. Um. <laughs> this next email is from Michael. He says, hey, Rotoscopers, I'm Michael Pinto Blue Jay at the Disney Kid on Twitter. I just got through listening to episode one of your podcast. I have never listened to one until now, and I've got to say, I think you guys are very entertaining. I wanted to share some thoughts on Beauty and the Beast. It's not my favorite canon-wise, but it's still great. It ranks about eighth or seventh on my ranking the Disney canon list. It is a very enjoyable film with great characters, a great plot, great animation, and great songs. I think Belle is very headstrong and interesting protagonist. The Beast is a great counterpart to Belle and serves the movie a great purpose. The side characters are also fantastic as well. Lumiere and Cogsworth's constant bickering is both well-written and funny. Mrs. Pot and Chip's relationship is the basic mother-son relationship, but you still get reeled into the characters. The songs are timeless. Beauty and the Beast, Belle, Something There, and Be Our Guest are all classic. Overall, this film is near perfection. It's not my favorite, but honestly, it's right up there with some of the best of all time. Thank you, Michael. I completely agree. That Beauty and the Beast episode is one of my favorite episodes. I think right away we have great chemistry and and we just, we're goofy and we're fun and we're just talking about the movies that we love and um, Beauty and the Beast is definitely, I agree with you, one of the greatest animated films of all time. Hi, everybody. My name is Susanna, I'm 18 years old, and I'm from Germany, and I've been a huge fan of the Rotoscopers since last summer. Um, I'm checking your website daily, and I love listening to your um, episodes of the podcast, and yeah, I just love your in-depth discussions, especially because I don't really have any friends who are as um, passionate um, about animation as I am. And... Yeah, some of my favorite episodes are um, Spirited Away and Tall's Moving Castle because I'm a huge Ghibli fan and I'd love it if you could make more Ghibli episodes. Um, And of course I love The Little Mermaid and The Tangled episode and yeah, some other, the Disney canon. And then I also really love the Toy Story episode because I could see that you could just quote the whole movie and it was really funny. And... I also loved the scene at the end of Swan Princess with just 
that was great. Um, uh, the idea um, to record a voicemail came to me when I listened to your Snow White episode. Um, and as I said, I'm from Germany, and I just had out had to let out my inner Hermione and tell me that it's actually pronounced um, Schneewittchen. Um, the full name would be Schneewittchen und die sieben Zwerge. Yeah, so thanks for everything and keep on the good work. Bye. Okay, you sound a lot better. Just remember to keep it like low and tight with the microphone. Like, just I, I'm assuming you're just using your your PC microphone. You're right. Yes. Okay, that's how that's how we did it the first couple of years. <laughs> back and, when you were uh, inexperienced. Yeah, yeah, back when we back when we only had five fans <laughs> instead of five thousand, and we're a media empire now. Are you serious? Did you do like a random intro for the Kevin Trek interview? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But but you and I talk afterwards, and we're like, "Wow, that was so cool!" Right, right. We've had a few like first time interviews on the podcast, and they're always worried that uh, they sounded like doofuses or doofy, which is the uh, the Latin <laughs> derivative. Uh, um, and uh, but they really don't. If anyone acts like a doofus, it's 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 the hosts because <laughs> we're like, "Oh golly, a real animator," you know. <laughs> Let's see. I'm looking on Twitter because I'm now. On Twitter. Hey, hey, hey. Has it taken over your life yet? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and then um, we also got another tweet from one of the other. He's an effects animator on Frozen. The website put out a story about the new dolls, Anna and Elsa, Frozen doll set. Yeah. And he replied to it, and he's like, I want to see Morgan and Chelsea cosplay as these dolls in a big cardboard box at D23 Expo. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was like, that would be hilarious. That's cool. Yeah, and I, I told him, I was like, well, if they really want us to, we would totally be up for doing it if they invited us to the premiere. So, Ooh. hint, hint <laughs> to anybody with poll. Quid Disney. pro quo. <laughs> Invite us to the premiere, please. <laughs> and don't forget about Mason. Um, and Mason yeah. as well. I'll dress up as, uh, uh, who's the reindeer? <laughs> Sven. Yeah, Seven. Seven. <laughs> Sven is such a cool name. Sven. People got mad at us on YouTube for saying it wrong. I'm like, I'm sorry, people. It's like, oh, do you know the rotoscopers? We have a history of getting <laughs> names wrong. Exactly. <laughs> well, when when no one's saying it, but all you're doing is reading it on the internet, then then yeah. Well, and English is so well known for not being able to pronounce words. So, you know, go with it. Uh, my personal belief is that the British don't know how to pronounce words. I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't put that it's in. all their fault. <laughs> it's, all, it's all the Canadians' fault. Anyway. Yeah, so I'll be moving to Nashville soon. Yay. Woo! <laughs> Nashville, huh? Yep. I'm going even d- further down south than you, honey. Well, I live in the um, live music capital of the world, and you live in the country music capital of the world. There so. you go. <laughs> You're cheating. Oh. <laughs> I still she think we need to form a rotoscopers living. band. We that should be really fun. I'll play the violin. I yeah. play harmonica and jug and and um laundry scraper. Oh no, I want that. I played that at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> they like pulled me aside, like, you wanna play in the band? I'm like, Oh yes. <laughs> yes <laughs> I do. <laughs> don't touch me. Don't. Oh, you're so sad. How about a big hug from Lester? Oh, they need a Lester in the parks just so I could do that.
on. I mean, I don't know if people care, but <laughs> um, basically starting from mid-December till now, like, I had to do finals at BYU, um, got married. <laughs> Dude, I totally got married, and it's awesome. Super, super freaking happy. We had the ceremony, and then we uh, went on a honeymoon, and then we had the reception, and then Christmas, uh, of course. And then we actually had to fly up to Utah and uh, drive down to Texas uh, because I actually transferred uh, to another school. <laughs> um, most of our fans on Facebook probably know because um, we put up an announcement, but at the end of fall, I got accepted into the visualization program at Texas A&M. <laughs> hey! So I'm an Aggie now. Whoop! I saw the opportunity to, to be in this undergraduate program. Um, I actually heard about it from my girlfriend, who is now my wife. But anyway, this is a really long story, but yeah, I've, I've moved, I'm in a new school, I am still studying uh, animation and stuff that I love, so it's really fun to kind of be in this new stage of my life, and I'm really excited about it. Dude, I know. it's like good thing overload. I made all A's at BYU, by the way, I have like a 3.9, so I'm super excited. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to hear your adventures as they progress. And I'm sure like our listeners will be very interested. So you're expected and required to do well for the sake of the podcast. All right. Next email is from Ariane. She says, Dear Rotoscopers, I discovered your podcast several weeks ago and listened to almost every episode. The remaining episodes are on my to-do list after I have seen the movies. Yesterday, I watched The Thief and the Cobbler, Miramax version, unfortunately, followed by the corresponding podcast in which you mentioned the documentary Persistence of Vision. However, I cannot find it anywhere online. YouTube only features trailers about the documentary, and there is no DVD available through the official Facebook page or other channels. My question is, if you know how I could watch this documentary, because I really want to see it. I live in Netherlands, but some U.S. streaming services are available to me. Keep up the great work. Your podcast really makes my day. Love, Arian. Thank you, Arian. And right now, there isn't any way to watch the documentary, unfortunately. The director sent us a link to watch it and, and obviously told us not to spread it or share it with anyone because then, you know, it spreads like wildfire and... um. I know one reason it wasn't released yet is because he was still sort of making rounds in different animation and film festivals. So I will email him and find out, but as of right now, there's no way. But uh, I will be sure to let everyone know on the website, rotoscopers.com, if it ever becomes available because it's, it's fantastic. Next email comes from Annabelle. Hey guys, my name is Annabelle. It's, the, it's like the guy version of Annabelle. <laughs> it's Mexican. Anyways, I love your show. It is the best podcast I've heard in a long time, and I enjoy all of your episodes. But here's something that caught me off guard in the animation world, and I think it's something very special. I stumbled across this short film on YouTube, and let me say this video has entered my heart on such a deep level that I cannot stress how much this film has inspired me right now. I know it's bold to say, but I think I like this three-minute short better than any Pixar film out there. I know, right? The song, the message, and the characters are in something that is real and happening today with GMO and big food industries. And when you get the right ingredients like the ones that make this film, you have something great that people will remember for a long time. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did, and I hope it inspires you as much as it has done me. So Anibal is referring to the short The Scarecrow. 
This is something that we covered this past year on the rotoscopers.com. I'll include a link to that. It also includes a link where you can um, watch the video. So this was a short done by Moonbot Studios, which is just a, an animation studio that does commercials and different things, and they did this for Chipotle. It's set to a song from Willy Wonka and the, Char- and the Chocolate Factory, and it, it really shows what it's like in the food industry today, how everything's just compartmentalized and... Um, a lot of animals aren't really given the treatment that, you know, animals should have. And it's really awesome. It was actually one of the ones that was nominated for our best shorts for the Rotoscopers Awards. And I think it's really fantastic. So check out the Scarecrow and let me know in the show notes what you think about it. All right. Our next email is from David. He says, hello. I feel I just have to introduce myself. Hi, I am David. I run a small animation studio called Theory Animation. It's a collection of animators I've met over the years who have all decided to make our own cartoons. Many of us have worked for all the other studios. I'm more in visual effects and games and thought it would be grand to make our own cartoons. I just wanted to say hello as the other day I tweeted to you about our latest short, Ray and Clovis. Thanks for retweeting that. It means a lot as a listener turned creator, but I'm still a listener. It's a small series that we're making, and you can see them all here. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, David. Thanks, David. And you guys should definitely check out this short, uh, Ray and Clovis. It's really cute. And then the new series, uh, I will include those links in the show notes. That's going to be my 12 animated days of Christmas article. I'm going to I'm going to make up like the worst animated Christmas specials that they could that there could ever be. Oh. Put, please put Hobbit animated Christmas special. Oh, <laughs> Smeagol, I'll do that, like, What do you get a Hobbit for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> elves. But do do Tolkien elves celebrate Christmas? How do you spell that? <laughs> oh, the Hobbit Christmas special. That'd be awesome. The Hobbit Christmas special. Take it over. Well, I'm gonna do, for the <laughs> get off. I have Camtasia so I can record what happens on the screen. So we should like record like a like a script fight going on. Yeah. Okay, this is my half of the script. This is your half of the script. See all these underscores? <laughs> That's the line. You do not cross this line. <laughs> oh, awesome. Tie up I think chapter. there's a delay. Oh, sorry. Otherwise, I, I wasn't trying to interrupt you. I think I was Oh, no, talking. it was a toy. And then I, hey, oh, shut up! Excuse me, I need to finish this. People need to know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, okay. that's okay, Morgan. I, I, I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> it's going to get sure cut. I'm sure must been really frustrated. It's going to get cut you. anyway. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a blooper. <laughs> or maybe oh, no. best of... Mason, one more interruption like that, and you are out of here. <laughs> I'm a kind, kind uh, I'm a, I'm a kind, compassionate person with a heart as big as a lion. You need to watch um, "Kicking and Screaming" with Will Ferrell. But anyway, um, yeah. For some reason, it was like, "I'm sorry, sir. There appears to be a server error." Uh. And then his assistant was like, <laughs> "I was like, guys, we get out of here." Ah, uh, modern day technology. Sorry, we are delayed right now. <laughs> Try talking to me. It, I said it might be my internet connection because I'm kind of pirating it right now. Yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. <laughs> uh, he just broke out when you were saying that. That was funny. I like when he's like looking up at the moon. And he's like, "Why, why did you send me here?" Blah blah blah. It's all my fault. 
blah blah blah. I, I wanted Mufasa to come out and be like, "Remember, <laughs> you, are, you, are, you are my son, the one and true king." And Jack's like, "Ah, uh, Mufasa, you got the wrong movie." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a Simpsons episode about that. There Lisa, is. Lisa's talking to the sax man, and he dies. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's talking to him in, like, the, the clouds, and then Mufasa c- comes right up next to him. He's like, remember who you are, Lisa. And then it's, uh, the, is it uh, from Star it's, Wars? Yeah, it's Darth Vader. I am, Vader Earl Earl Jones. I am your father, because it's the same guy who does the voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all three of those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's like... I was like, no, get your own movie. <laughs> get your own cartoon. Like, we're sorry. <laughs> they just disappear. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, Simpsons Marathon. It. it is happening. That's a happening. great one. Oh. Okay, so our next email is from Stephanie. She says, do you have a list on the site or suggestions for books on the history of animation? And that's actually a hard one. I've I've looked, um, since I got this email, I sort of did a little bit of research Honestly, there isn't really like a go-to source that I know of regarding the history of animation. There are a few um, books on the subject. I took a history of animation class in college, and it was honestly one of the best classes I've ever taken. If anyone that goes to BYU, take it. Um, Daryl Larson is the professor, and he's incredible. It just helped me understand the medium and its origin so much more. And I'm sure history of animation is just a basic class at any in any animation program. So if you have access to it, take one. But again, that professor, Darl, he mentioned that he was going to be working on a few on a history of animation book. So I emailed him and he says that he hadn't he hasn't had time to release it yet. He's also a big um, Monty Python fan and he's released about three or four books since I took that class. So he's kind of been focusing on that, but I am just waiting for this book to come out. Hopefully it'll be in the next few years, which is unfortunate, but um, I know when he puts it out, it's going to be fantastic. So if it ever comes out, I'll definitely keep you informed. But in the meantime, one book that I think is really good is Of Mice and Magic. Now this is the book that we used in my History of Animation class. It's a bit old. Um, It hasn't been updated in a while, since the 90s, I believe, but great resource. The author is a very famous animation historian, so... That is a book that you want to check out of Mice and Magic, and I'll include it in the show notes. Um, Another book, this is a newer book about the history of animation. Personally, I haven't read it, but it looks really good, and it's it's obviously newer, so it's more up-to-date. It's called The World History of Animation, and I thought that was, that's definitely one that would be worth your time. This isn't, I guess another site is, we've mentioned in the past, traditionalanimation.com. Um, or you can find them on Facebook, facebook.com slash traditional animation. They are a fantastic resource for 2D animation. And every day, uh, multiple times a day on their Facebook page, they post different concept models or character designs and sheets. And it's really cool to see those and kind of learn a little bit about each film. And it, there's no rhyme or reason to which film they post. They just post them. But So um, definitely check out those two books. And if I find anything else, I will let you know. And I will try to get a uh, animation history resource page, hopefully on the on the site. Our next email is from MB. Dear fellow animation addicts, I was wondering if you could do a review of Disney's Oliver and Company. It's been 25 years since its debut, and it had always been a pretty underappreciated film. It may not measure up to movies during the company's renaissance, but at the same time has some real significance in Disney history. There were a lot of positive firsts, like being the first to have its own CGI department and make great use of technology, and some more controversial ones, like product placement. Another trend starring music celebrities who are new to acting can be seen there. I would love to see your thoughts on these things. Thanks, MB. 
Well, thank you, MB. Uh, I love your initials. Those were my. Uh, those are part of my initials too. Um, I love Oliver and Company. I haven't seen it in a long time. Georgette is fabulous. <laughs> Oliver and, and, and Penny are Jenny, right? Penny is in Rescuers. Jenny is in Oliver and Company. And I just saw the musical Oliver. It really sort of brought back my love for Charles Dickens. This was an interesting film that Disney did, basing it sort of off this very well-known well-known book and then turning it into animals and, and their stories about cats and dogs and it's very awesome. So that's definitely a good one that we will put on the list. All right. Our next email is from Jarlette. says, there seems to be work for a Wicked as a Disney animated film. There are many new character designs, and he includes a link. Also, a storyboard claiming to be a Disney storyboard that shows one of the songs of Wicked. I would love to read your guys' opinion on the site. Thanks. Those actually aren't official Disney um, storyboards or the animatic. It's actually a, an artist who works at Disney, Minkyu Lee. You may know from Adam and Dog, the short which was nominated in 2012. But it's just sort of a personal project, just fun seeing what's going on, how the characters would look if they were 2D animated. And then the animatic of Defying Gravity, that's from a different artist just saying, hey, if um, I was involved in making an animated version, this is how I would do it. But those are just two separate projects of of wicked fans who happen to be artistically inclined uh, sharing their love about it. So I know that there is a live action version of Wicked in place, but unfortunately not animated. Germany would be really cool. And European animation is a big deal. And there's a lot of, there's a ton of talent out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think it would be good for me because <laughs> I mean, what do I do with my wife, uh, you know, and, and the expenses and stuff, but. Is there yeah. like a company there that you work with? I, I'm really confused. I didn't realize that Germany uh, was. You, I think you go to an art. I think you go to an art school over there, and you you work on some production stuff for animation. Interesting. I learn something new every day. I didn't realize. <laughs> I mean, because I've heard of things done in Ireland. I've think, heard of things done in London. I've heard of things like, in you know, other different countries. But I've never really heard that Germany was a big. Mecca. Right, right. See, I'd like to. I'd like to intern in Korea, where all the um, where they outsource all the animation for Disney. Tunes. Right. right. <laughs> I'd like to get their perspective. Have you seen the King of the Hill rulebook? I, I went to the King of the Hill archives at Texas State last summer, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the notes are are the production crew like having problems with the the outsourced animators. Right. I thought that was really interesting. You you really ought to take a trip over there and check it out because if you want to. If you want to look at like the production side of like a serial animated series like King of the mm-hmm. Hill that you know so so important to <laughs> Texas culture, um, then you ought to check it out. They'll they're really nice. They'll just let you go in and, and check it out. That's awesome. But yeah, I loved it because it was like characters never drink with their eyes closed. They never laugh with their eyes closed. Like it, it can get very specific. Oh yeah, I thought the. You know, when they cry, like, the tears don't go out to the side of the fountain. Like, they, they're just, like, really small, and they, like, just trickle down their face. Like, just real small things like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, King of the Hill definitely leans towards realism. Mm-hmm. What a lovely tangent we've just been on. <laughs> so, um... Hey, Rotoscopers. This is Davis of the Pop Culture Social Club. Honestly, my favorite part of 2013, and I know this may sound like it's needlessly stroking your egos, but... My favorite part of 2013 was discovering your site and your podcast. See, I was looking for some more Disney in my life. And while y'all don't talk exclusively about the company, y'all talk about it enough to, that it scratches that itch, so to speak. 
And it was a lot of fun seeing y'all get as excited about Frozen as I was about Frozen. So, y'all have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and here's 2014. Oh, and always, always, more princesses. Alright, next email is from Shelby. Hey guys, I loved your episode on Frozen, and seriously... Your idea that Rapunzel went to Arendelle to establish a frying pan trade is my new Disney headcanon. I will see it no other way now. And there should definitely be a Disney Princess Avengers film. That would be amazing, and I would pay to see that. Anyways, I wanted to share my thoughts on Frozen. First, I want to say that I loved it. My fiancé and I really enjoyed this film, and it reminded me of why we're taking the time to go see all the new animated films that come out. We've done this ever since we started dating. The first movie we saw together was an animated movie. It was Monsters vs. Aliens. Yeah, I know, right? That one. Why? We only saw that because he didn't want to take me to see. He's just not that into you. Well, you know what, Shelby? I think that was a good choice. (laughs) He thought it sent the wrong message. Even better choice. (laughs) But seeing that established how we both adored animated films. We're animated movie nerds, and Frozen met all of our expectations. We were enthralled. We definitely didn't see the twist coming. The gasps of shocks and disgust were so loud in our theater. My jaw dropped. Slow clap for Disney plot twist genius. On to the music. I loved all the songs except In Summer. As quirky and as cute as it was, I really didn't think it was worth the amount of time it took away from the main plot. Let It Go is by far my favorite song, followed by Do You Want to Build a Snowman. That song made me cry, and I wasn't the only adult in the theater shedding tears. One thing you didn't mention was was how great Kristen Bell's voice acting was. I had no idea she could sing. That was a pleasant surprise for me. I think the pacing of the film was off, and that was discussed a bit in the episode. But I think all in all, it was a pretty solid movie. For me, it gets four and a half stars. It doesn't quite beat Tangled. I give it five stars, thanks in part to Zachary Levi's work as Flynn. But it's definitely going to remain one of my all-time favorites. I can't wait to see what they put on the Blu-ray special features. Thanks for being awesome and giving everyone the chance to get excited about Frozen throughout November. Oh, wait. Excuse me. Frozember. Shelby. Thank you, Shelby. And thank you for writing your opinion on Frozen. I definitely agree with your four and a half stars. And um, that it's just a little slightly below Tangled. Um, glad you liked the episode. And Frozember, it seems that Frozember was a hit. I loved Frozember. thought it was fantastic. And I can't wait to see what this next year brings. All right, next one is from Thomas. He says, hey, guys, quick question. Or possibly nerdy couch discussion question. What do you guys think of animated movies being called cartoons by general audiences? I say this because I live in the UK. And the leading TV news station show in our country the BBC, got to interview the directors of Frozen on their breakfast show. The presenters were so unaware of the art of animation and what value animators do. The presenter really seemed ignorant to the work that the two directors do. It made me really angry. Do you guys get equally grumpy when animated features are just seen as two hours that will keep the kids quiet? Thanks, Thomas. Yes, Thomas, I completely agree. I think that is um, one of the worst misconceptions about animation, that it's just kid stuff. And I think that really stems from you know, how animation was for adults in the 30s and 40s and then slowly turned to Saturday morning cartoons and and just a bit more juvenile in nature. And it's sort of stuck. It stayed that way. Obviously, there are independent artists and studios that do more adult animation and things. But for the most part, the general populace seems to think that it's just for kids. 
And it's very unfortunate about those those co-hosts of that show, because I know if I were the directors of Frozen or any animated feature, um, I, I'm sure some of those interviews that they have to go through are a bit trivial and, and surface level. And um, as you said, insulting to the fact of how, how much work they're putting into this. Frozen is an incredible film, and just to trivialize it in the way that you make it seem that they did is is very sad so no cartoons are not just for kids they're for anyone and animation is not necessarily cartoons it's cartoon but it's not the cartoon in the sense of you know plop the kid in front of the couch and uh, keep him quiet and our last email is from Lindsay says, I just discovered your podcast and I'm in love with it. I was raised in a Disney crazed family. Our family dog is named Disney. And I love all the Disney movies I grew up with in the 90s. Mulan being my absolute favorite. I would love you guys to talk about one of my favorite non-Disney animated films, Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. It's quite different from other animated movies in that the animals do not talk. The animators do an amazing job of conveying the thoughts and feelings of the horses and other animals through body movements and facial expressions. As an avid horse person, it's obvious to me the animators did the research into how horses move and express their feelings. The film has plenty of action, some romance, and an awesome Brian Adams soundtrack. I highly recommend it. Keep up the great work. Sincerely, Lindsay. Thank you, Lindsay. That actually is one of the films that we have um, already in store for next year. So uh, you know that we're going to be doing Cats Don't Dance. We're going to be doing The Lion King. And at some point, we are going to be doing uh, Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. And I love that the animals don't talk in that film. I think that's what Walking with Dinosaurs could have and should have been. There shouldn't have been any voiceover. There shouldn't have been... I mean, mouths don't move. But it, I think Spirit is a very serious, more mature film for that. And I think that's why it's so fantastic. And I really would have liked to see Walking with Dinosaurs be that way. But it is what it is. So, Chelsea, what are your final words? Um, the only reason I'm doing this, Chelsea, is just because like, I feel like we do the same thing at the end every time. It's like plug, 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 plug. Right. So I think people probably think, uh, I don't have to listen. So if we like plug it and then have like relevant conversation afterwards just a little bit I think it'll help so what will be relevant just just your final thoughts my fine I don't know we haven't done it yet <laughs> no 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 just, you're not final thoughts but just like any last rants you want to say or last things you want to talk about <laughs> since I've yeah. oh I don't know I just I don't know <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea, if you want to be an actress and a, a singer, you have to be on your feet. Come up with these things. Um, I'm running a half marathon, and I get to listen to podcasts all the time and audiobooks and all these different things. So I'm getting ready for that, and I'm so excited to have so many audio options as I go running. I don't know. What, what am I going to say? <laughs> Don't give a plug. Just talk. Okay, whatever. We'll just close it. <laughs> All right, everybody. This has been a great show. Thank you so much for your participation in it. We wouldn't be anywhere without you. Thank you so much for such a fantastic 2013. Thanks, guys. Until next time, we are the Rotoscopers. Scopers.